A fortune up for grabs, an unlikely heir from a small town, and lots of people scheming against him. All of this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Mr. Deeds Goes to Town and Mr. Deeds on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are Mr. Deed Goes to Town and Mr. Deeds. Getting right into it, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town was made in 1936, starring Gary Cooper, Gene Arthur, Lionel Stander, Douglas Dumbrell, Raymond Walburn, and H.B. Warner. Directed by Frank Capra, screenplay by Robert Riskin, and music by Howard Jackson. Uncredited. Couldn't find him on Wikipedia. Mm. Had to go to IMDb. <laughs> Mr. Deeds, 2000, starring Adam Sandler, Winona Ryder, Peter Gallagher, Jared Harris, Alan Covert, Eric Avari, John Turturro, with Steve Buscemi and Rob Schneider, of course. <laughs> Directed by Stephen Brill, screenplay by Tim... Hurley, and music by Teddy Casalucci. All right, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? Well, funny enough, um, this is a longer story than it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> I've watched both Just of these- Just like the first movie, right? Hey, right? <laughs> so I watched both of these films at some point, I think uh, within the last two years, because I thought we were watching this <laughs> when we watched The Manchurian Candidate. and. Uh, I realized I just mentioned Mr. Deeds and we were watching a different movie. Uh, but before that, um, I'd seen, you know, the remake at some point because, you know, Adam Sandler was a pretty popular um, comedic actor. Um, I didn't even know that there was an original. So um, for this podcast this time and the first time, this is my, <laughs> <laughs> my first experience with the uh, first film. Yeah. I had never seen the original. I wasn't really familiar with it, but I had seen the remake. Actually, saw it in theaters okay, nice. with uh, a bunch of friends, and it was pretty empty that theater. <laughs> but somehow, still, this movie made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, this was kind of around the time I guess I started really getting out of the Adam Sandler films. Yeah. So this is uh, where you can kind of start making your descent. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I guess I probably saw it on TV maybe a couple times. Um, I was surprised how much I kind of remembered yeah. <laughs> from re-watching it for this series, but um, we'll obviously get into that. These movies are very similar, um, despite a very different ending. But before we get into comparisons, let's go over a brief synopsis. A rich tycoon dies with no apparent heir. A man by the name of Cedar tries to find out who will inherit the money. Turns out the closest heir is a grandnephew by the name of Longfellow Deeds from a small town of Mandrake Falls. Cedar and company meet with Deeds to tell him the news. Deeds is a peculiar character who likes making greeting cards, firefighting, and doesn't seem to care about his large inheritance. Deeds does decide to go with them to New York to learn more about money and business of his great uncle. Meanwhile, everyone wants to know about this heir. Beat reporter Babe Bennett decides to go undercover. She pulls the damsel in distress act and gets close to Deeds. She calls herself Miss Dawson and also claims to be from a small town. Deeds falls for her hard. At first, Dawson just hangs around with Deeds for her stories, but eventually she starts to like him too. Just when things seem to be going well, Deeds learns the truth about Miss Dawson. Meanwhile, Mr. Cedar has been up to no good. 
He plans to make money for himself, which will cause lots of people to lose their jobs. But he needs to get rid of Deeds first. Both movies have very different endings, but ultimately, Deeds and Miss Dawson, or Babe, finally get back together, and Deeds has his money and is able to save people's jobs. Kind of. Something yeah. like that. More or less, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so where do we go from here? It's in the title, you know, your main character is Mr. Deeds, Longfellow Deeds in this scenario. Um, you've got like the same basic plot point that he inherited money. Um, I guess we could talk about kind of the, briefly talk about who they inherited money from, and I think that'll help us get into this uh, okay. character portrayal of uh, Longfellow Deeds. Sure. We have Martin Semple in the original, and then Preston Blake in the remake. Want me to wipe the leaves on your ficus tree, Preston? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yes! In the original Martin Simple, um, who is he? Some guy? You know, they do the spinning newspaper <laughs> trick. <laughs> and you know, you, you, everything you know about Martin Simple is in text and it's really straightforward. Like, clearly, he's some kind of New York socialite that had a lot of money. Mm -hmm. He's dead. Longfellow is the heir. Um, in the remake, I do like that they built out sort of the backstory for mm -hmm. the character, um, in this case, Preston Blake. And it's, it's interesting. Like, it's a media empire. He, like, climbs, like, Everest or something Mount like that. Mount Everest, yeah. <laughs> Freezes to death. Um, <laughs> and, like, they play that back to, like, comedic effect. And um, I think that even that right there starts to show you that the two movies have different, they're both comedic, but uh, mm -hmm. the remake is far more leaning into that comedy. Yeah, a lot more slapsticky too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Which then, now that you have that framework, can take you into Longfellow Deeds himself. Um, in the original, Longfellow Deeds is played by Gary Cooper. It's like I'm out in a big boat and I see one fellow in a rowboat who's tired of rowing and wants a free ride, and another fellow who's drowning. Who would you expect me to rescue, mister? Cedar, who is just tired of rowing and wants a free ride, or those men out there who are drowning. And in the remake, it's Adam Sandler. You gonna change my socks for me? You don't gotta do that. Come on, stand up. Thank you, sir. Besides, you don't wanna have to touch my right foot. I got wicked bad frostbite when I was in the scouts. Check it out. Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tall fella. Tall, yeah, tall, <laughs> tall drink of water, that Gary Cooper. Real handsome bastard. Uh, what I find interesting about the Gary Cooper portrayal is, yes, he is quirky, but I think um, they kind of bring it up in the trial, like his kind of highs and lows sort of. Um, it's kind of hard to tell at times where he he stands because like it's, sometimes he is like this kind of like oafish character and there are other times where he's like deadly serious, you know? And mm -hmm. I found that like I, I did appreciate a lot of... Um, this sort of common sense wisdom that was coming from this character at times. Like uh, when they were talking about the opera and they're like, oh, uh, we're losing money. It's like, well, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I guess we can start in Magic Falls, really. Like that small town is so kind of out there. Like the first character you meet is sort of like that. The guy working at the train station is like picking up boxes and he can't remember anyone's name. Right. And like you get this idea that like, okay, Mandrake Falls is a strange small town. And this Deeds guy has, like, this reputation in this strange place. Um, and your first intro to him, he's, like, like immediately playing the tuba. Like, yeah. Which happens way too much in that movie, <laughs> if you ask me. About my playing the tuba, 
Seems like a lot of fuss has been made about that. For you, what was kind of your original read on this Gary Cooper uh, portrayal? Um, I don't know. He, he seems like a kind of a boring guy to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he likes the tuba and he likes poetry and stuff, but like, he didn't like show emotion at all. No. Like, I know the whole shtick of you know Mr. D's is like, here's your money, and it's like, yeah, I don't really care about it, but like. He didn't seem to care about like much, like, even <laughs> stuff like he cared about. Like it was like, like you said, he was really hard to read. Right. Like, okay, he likes the tuba, and every time like a fire truck went by, he was like a little puppy. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the fire truck? I'm gonna see the fire truck. But um, it's really kind of hard to just know like, I don't know, kind of just to him in general. Yeah, it like it swings wildly, right? Because there are times where, um, you know, like I would say when he's serious, like that. Uh, the meeting with the opera people where he he's like no no you're either your ticket prices are off or you're doing something that's like obviously this business isn't working and he just says it so matter-of-factly um and he has moments like that like with the uh with the butler he's like hey hey i don't need you to put hold my pants like um when he when he has those moments he feels like this really serious kind of guy and though he's odd to everyone else they're like why wouldn't you want twenty million dollars in this case mm -hmm. uh, versus the forty billion <laughs> in the remake? Yeah, forty billion. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But um, for for him to to have these moments where he is basically like a Gary Cooper type, like a tall guy, I was like, hey, look, I don't like all these frills and stuff like that. But then to your point, to then the next scene is like, oh, fire truck! Wow, like yeah. who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's just really hard to read, and then. A lot of violent outbursts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes, like, seemingly to me, like completely unprovoked. Yeah. Like, I'm, sometimes it's just physical violence, or sometimes it just yells. I think there's one time when like a server was trying to like help him, and they just yeah. straight up, flat out yelled at him. What do you mean by coming in here when I'm playing? But she's on the telephone. Sir. Get out. The evil fingers on you. The fingers. Get out. And then like told him to get out, and then he heard an echo, and then was like completely distracted by it. He is like very childlike, just yeah. like distracted by like bells and whistles, and it just a really hard character to read. Yeah, yeah, but like Adam Sandler is far more consistent. Yeah, with his portrayal, like um, it's like I I like elements of when Gary Cooper is kind of serious. I think that like the the wisdom of the Mister Deeds comes across in something like sometimes <laughs> in some scenes with him but like because he fluctuates so wildly it's, it's like all right first like adam sandler who's like kind of consistently as adam sandler does like a man child yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's uh i don't know like even like tonally when you first get to mandrake's fall falls because you already had the Preston blake thing where he like freezes to death that's a funny mm -hmm. beat they get to mandrake falls and it's it's already infinitely a better scene because the uh, the guy who's just picking up boxes and forgetting that he just had a conversation with you, I didn't really get that. Yeah, I thought it was like weird take. Like I guess it showed that people in this town are aloof, but uh, it, I don't know. They because it's a longer movie, they spend a lot of time with this guy, <laughs> um, and at least uh, the character in the remake, who's like the pizza delivery guy, he's not there. Um, like I said, I think he's from Grandma, Grandma's Boy. He is in Grandma's Boy. Yeah. He's, in, he's in the basement that he gets high and all that. Yeah. He's a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Chief. Um, but, like, he does the, kind of the same thing, which, like, he knows where Deeds is, but he doesn't quite take them 
two deeds right away because like right. they didn't ask right, right so it's yeah. the same beat yeah which is so much funnier because like he's clearly like he called out sick and all this stuff like <laughs> it, it similar intro funnier and the tone is just like it's there so that when adam sandler comes in the scene we pick right up with that tone with how he's interacting with, with everyone in town yeah and just in general the comedy is easier to follow yeah. in the remake for sure yeah. that 1930s comedy it's very subtle and underplayed and mm -hmm. it's it's i don't even know like how to gauge it it's it's sort of the way people are acting it's sort of the reactions to the right. way they're reacting but it's so um i don't know just not obvious in the way right. that you think of a comedy like it's almost like the remake is a comedy while the original is like a regular film with some comedic elements thrown yeah, in occasionally. I, I would say so because, um, funny enough, like both films have like the framework is the same. Like the beats are actually kind of consistent between right. the two yeah. films, but because the original is a little bit longer and because they don't stick with that comedic tone, mm -hmm. it's hard to tell when things are like, <laughs> am I supposed to laugh here or like am I supposed to take this guy seriously? Yeah. You know? It <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, it is really confusing it, it, it really is because like you think someone's being funny but they're just being a jerk and then like you think mr you think deeds is being funny but right. no he's actually getting mad right so i'm not supposed to laugh at this i'm supposed to be on his side but he's going about it in a way that would be perceived as funny today so it sure. yeah it definitely sort of clashes with our perception of comedy as we see it now in films right so it's a little tough to follow in that way right because like um in the original when deeds is violent like before they kind of make it funny like Maybe he's just a violent guy. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, like, maybe he's just kicking ass. And, cause like, and then he talks about how he wants to like hurt people. It's yeah. Like, man, this, yeah. Is, this is a troubled individual. You can tell, man. You know? <laughs> but I don't know. I think that the original tries to play up these quirks that like aren't that quirky. Like to me, a guy that likes to play tuba is like, why is it? Why? I right. get it. Like not everyone plays the tuba, but like, so what? Like he's at home, he's playing the tuba. Yeah, he plays tuba in a town band. Like, is it weird to play tuba in your like pretty big band? <laughs> like, it's not like he's by himself. Like, yeah, I, I could see if no one else played tuba, he was in the middle of the town square. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's funny. But like, when you're in the full orchestra, it's mm -hmm. like, why is this funny? Yeah, again, it's just that humor just not translating to today. This he picks up the tuba and he plays it to think. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's not. It's not that weird. <laughs> it's really not. Pretty fucking normal, man. Um, if he needs to hurt people, though, think, oh, then that's, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's effectively, to a certain extent, the same movie, but, like, the tone is shifted. Right. I think I'm going to be jumping around a little bit, but, uh, like, for instance, in that scene where he's playing the tuba, and they're ready to, like, leave the town to go back to New York, and Gary Cooper, they're like, well, where the hell is this guy? Well, this train's about to leave. And you see him playing. I was like, I thought that was funny. It's like, okay, here he is. He's he's playing right. in the band. He he couldn't be bothered with his $20 million. Look, what? That tuba player. Well, now I've seen everything. That's funny, but like, again, it's subtle, right? It's not like right. laugh out loud funny. Exactly. You know? Um, <laughs> it's like, in the remake, you know, showing solidarity with the town is more of like everyone gathering around while he does these kind of like cheesy poems. Yeah. Like, I think that it's a more personal one on one kind of intro to Longfellow Deeds without getting too sucked up into everybody in town. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, you know, Sandler gets to just show his personality versus Gary Cooper, who, like, far, far into the film, we don't know what his personality is yeah. at, at all. Yeah, like, the brief interactions that Adam Sandler's character has with the townspeople, and then just the way they all like him, yeah. so really lets us know where he lies yeah. <laughs> and what, what kind of character he is. You don't really get that at all <laughs> in the original <laughs> film. <laughs> No, uh, you get it. You're following the attorneys, really, and you're just sort of following their reactions right. to like how weird this town is and how weird this guy <laughs> is. So you don't really get a sense of who Deeds really is because you're just seeing it through their sort of askew right. prism. Right. And, you know, I think that there are elements, because we'll talk about it, like there's literally a trial in the film. And, um,. You know, we've talked about this sort of theme before, but, like, Gary Cooper's character, and so is Adam Sandler, but, like, Gary Cooper's character really feels like this fish out of water. He's a guy who, um, in his town, like, it's normal to behave like this. Mm -hmm. But in the big city, you know, people are movers and shakers. And, like I said, I, I do like some elements of the more serious term because, like, I'm not a huge slapstick guy. Mm -hmm. But, so, like, I like this idea of... of a person from a simple town imbuing wisdom on people who think they're smarter than him. But right. it's like, no, I'm smarter than you. Like, you're running, you're running an opera house into the ground. You're a, you're a law firm. He's like, I'd like to see the books before I sign anything. <laughs> like, like when, he, when he does that, I think that works. But then, it, then in those elements, it's not a comedy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's not funny. It's just like, all right, like, there's a movie where you do that, where it's just... You're not doing the punch out scenes, which I think are supposed to be played to last, but they're like we mentioned, they're just violent. <laughs> um, like there's a movie where just like everyone thinks they're smarter than him, and he's subverting expectation and actually like, you know, they say it at one point in the movie, "You're the most sane person here," but like yeah. it, it feels like shoehorned in the way they mm -hmm. they filmed it. Yeah, and again, it's well, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but yeah, talking about that ending, it's one of those movies that kind of lectures you yeah. at the very end, because yeah. his lecture's perfect, um, you know, everything goes his way, but I'll definitely dive deeper into that. Uh, just getting back to the violence yes. of <laughs> Mr. Sure. Deeds, um, again, just in the different tones of the movie, like you just said, um, when we see Deeds fight for the first time in the original, we're not sure, is this supposed to be a funny moment? Right, like, right. what's going on? Because he's like, you know, he's with these um, poets yep. that he admires. Yep. And uh, he's been asking, like, at the restaurant, or like, are there any famous people here? He keeps asking them consistently. And then finally, like, a famous poet that he recognizes knows who he is, and right. he knows that Deeds has this fortune, so he calls him over. And then, yeah, Deeds reads his silly little greeting card poems, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he does get made fun of, right. ultimately. And then he says, like, you know, if, if Miss Dawson wasn't here, I'd, I'd knock I'd knock you all, I'd knock your teeth out or something like that. And then she's like, go ahead. And he's like, yes, I got to be violent. <laughs> yeah, right. So he punches a couple guys and then they just kind of leave. But it's done in a way that isn't really funny. No, no, it's a... <laughs> For Miss Dawson being here with me, I'd probably bump your heads together. Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> he just, he literally just punches these guys. Yeah. And maybe in 1930s, what it was 36 yeah yeah maybe 1936 that's funny like the fact that he actually punched him but like no you're right like at that point i would still say like this movie doesn't read as a comedy <laughs> yeah. so yeah. like all right just these guys being a jerk to this guy who's from out of town and he doesn't know how to retaliate so he resorts to physical violence mm -hmm. it's and it's like it's like again like because the movie 
plays in these tones. Like, the fact that he knows the poets, to me, again, it shows, like, this guy has, like, this level of, like, cognition. Right. That, um, I will say, like, Adam Sandler's character does not appear to have. Right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know? That's definitely fair. Um, and, like, I think that, again, for me, I liked that about this deeds. Like, mm-hmm. he felt like there was more to him. Right. <laughs> but... but you know, again, I know we're going to sound like we're beating a dead horse <laughs> uh, or feeding a horse donuts. Um, oh! No. Um, but, like, fucking pick one, man. <laughs> pick one. Like, are you the fire truck guy? Because, like, Adam Sandler's the fire truck guy. Yeah. He's the fire, like, oh, my God, it's a fire truck. <laughs> um, and that, I mean, that's a funny scene too, yeah. in the remake. Um, but, like, he knows the poets. He respects them. And, like, that moment, it feels actually really kind of tender in that moment like he feels very vulnerable because gary cooper's like it's like ah, oh, you know i thought you were kind of like cool guys right. and like you know you're you're just jerks you know you brought me over here to make fun of me and like again you get the same beat with adam sandler but right. like it felt more almost like real in that moment because he knew who they were because like adam sandler was like it's just kind of famous people right he doesn't know who they are but they're making fun of him and you know there's still the violence like, but, but it's played to much more comedic so much more especially because you have that opera guy yeah. who's just singing the whole time he's getting beat up so you know this is that that slapstick humor mm-hmm. that we sort of expect from an Adam Sandler movie so you know the violence isn't like horror it's like oh my god he just yeah. assaulted three men in a restaurant he's like no this is all jokey yes. violence so you're able to kind of go with it okay here we go As opposed to the original, where you were like, "Oh man, yeah. what, what kind of guy yeah. is this?" And, and like in the original, like you know, he punches people, and then there's that weird guy who's like, "Come on, belt me!" Yeah, yeah punch me Come now. On. Yeah, I'd like that. You know, hurt me more, hurt snake. Me. <laughs> hurt me, snake. Yeah, great reference. <laughs> great fox. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I was getting that energy. I was like, "Dude, this guy." Is yeah. Trying to- you're gonna, to hang, you're gonna hang out with this guy? Yeah. You fucking nuts! Yeah, you're gonna get blackout drunk with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's your choice. Right. I know, especially if you've never drunk before. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But like, um, see, like, what, what's again the tone shift between the two films? In the original film, you get that you get this weird kind of beatnik, like, uh, go back to nature. You know, don't wear clothes. Like, okay, yeah. What, what was that about? First, the remake is like, hey, it's freaking Johnny Magro. <laughs> 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 the bad boy of tennis. Yeah. The wire work when like the car is coming out of where he just like jumps over it. I'm like, I, <laughs> that was ridiculous. I don't know why that happened. But, like, it's but, like a cat yeah. jumping back and roll. But like, you know, that that's the difference. Like, um, there's this little piece of me, right? Because like I'm I tend to be a more serious man, uh, mm-hmm. even though I like comedy. Like, I like this serious tone, but then like I don't know what to do with the the hurt me snake guy. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> Like, like that guy is just so weird. Like, I know what to do when I see Johnny McEnroe. He's like, I like your style. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. Well, hell yeah. Let's, do- <laughs> let's take the ride. And like, between the two films, like, because it's ni- the 1930s, when they're talking about Mr. D's sort of activities in the city, you're just reading like newspaper yeah, clippings. Exactly. There's like the remake. You're seeing yeah. like footage of like Johnny McEnroe like throwing eggs at <laughs> cars. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like elements of the original scene like totally and like the respect and the the poets 
But then I was like, of course I like the remake better. Like, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to laugh. And then you get this cool celebrity cameo that, like, you know, it's like it, it, it elevates that scene <laughs> yeah. so much. I will say that Sandler is very much Sandler right. in this film. Yeah. And it works, I guess, with the, the Deeds character. I mean, I know what I'm getting, I guess, with the Mr. Deeds and the remake, mm-hmm. because it like the tone is set immediately when you see um, Preston Blake die on yeah. top of that mountain, yeah. and then you just see his dead corpse hugging the very peak yeah. of the mountain. You're like, okay, well, this is clearly a comedy. They helicopter him out. He's yeah, still like, he's still holding on, right? <laughs> so, like, by setting the tone immediately, you're able to go from those more absurd moments mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. movie they never have a moment like that in the original no. film. Granted, you know, it's a movie made in the 30s. Right. They didn't really have to maybe establish those type of I, things, I guess, I guess um, for people to go for that those rides. Um, you know what you're getting with Adam Sandler. You're getting Adam Sandler in an Adam right. Sandler movie, but you don't really know with Gary Cooper. I will give him that he is definitely sharper. Yes, And sharper. seems to have a little bit more agency. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's the one scene where um, somebody's claiming to be the widow and oh, that was a great son, and then he's like, "Well, they want seven million, but they'll settle for one." He's like, "Well, you just get out of here, see? <laughs> like nobody would want, nobody would settle for one if they can get seven. It's because there is no wife. I'm savvy to you. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't even pick up on that cedar. So you know, he's 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 definitely right. sharp, and he seems serious. So it's like when there's this comedy thrown in, it's just it clashes. Yeah, it totally clashes. Because like again, I think that's when the movie is strongest. When I've said it too many times already, but like when he's talking about the business failing, he's like, mm-hmm. well, you're doing something wrong. Like you're not putting on the right types of shows. And I'm like, whoa, we just expect you to hand us money. He's like, no, nah, we're not yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. Um, in that scene, <laughs> I think the problem with th- those types of scenes though, is like, who's this guy? Like the guy, <laughs> he walks into the house, like, just like, I, I want $7 million. He's like, but I'll take a million. It's like, who, who are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Um, there's like loose ends that just don't go anywhere. Like, uh, we talked about Martin Simple, who we don't know who he is, but there's like two characters who aren't even worth mentioning really because they should be, but they're not. Um, you've got like a, another potential heir yeah. to the Simple uh, fortune and his wife. And the the guy who, you know, he looks like he's got money. He's like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, my uncle hates me. And she's like, I told you to be nicer to him. <laughs> and, and like, you see this guy come along and like right. nothing. Yeah, you think he could be, like, the antagonist. Like, yeah. The guy who's going to go head-to-head with Mr. Deeds to, to get that money. But he's so laissez-faire about it. He's like, he doesn't really care. It's more of his wife driving yeah. him on. And then eventually he does connect with Cedar, and that's kind of what drives Cedar yeah. to the, the trial thing. But it, it would have been much stronger right. had we focused on that character. It, if that guy was, like, I don't know, feeding information to Cedar, like, if something, or, like, pretending to be friends with Deeds, like, Something other than like, oh, I'm a character that happens to be kind of related and I have an interest, but I'm in the movies so infrequently that like, who cares? Um, I would say, um, and again, tonally, where are we going with this, right? right. The scene with uh, the farmer who comes into the house. Again, anyone can just walk into the simple <laughs> estate, um, no matter who you are. And the guy's there and he's got a gun, you know? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got a gun. Yeah. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot Mr. Deeds. <laughs> and it's like, that's not funny. And like, then they kind of get into like, almost like the Great Depression. Right. And it's like, fire truck, Great Depression, <laughs> starving people, uh, an heir to an estate, doodling, you know, like, it, doodling. We're, we're, we're just like, <laughs> feeding donuts to horses. <laughs> yeah. The horse thing was apparently, 
apparently a big deal. Yeah, like um, that just remind me of half baked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing that horse wasn't a diabetic. That's true. <laughs> now the horse only wants to eat donuts. It's like, I, I doubt that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it'll eat whatever you give it. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, it it's almost like a, it's like one of those like a jumbled like word puzzles. Like you could say a series of words that are related to this movie and they don't make sense. So I could say tuba, fighting, gun, <laughs> fire, fire. Yeah. And like, it's all in there because it's a long movie. <laughs> it's all in there, but like, it's just, it's just mashed together in a really strange way. Mm-hmm. And it steps on Gary's performance because I, like I keep saying, I think there's a movie where there's not the comedy mm. and it just, you know, it works. Also, the movie should be called Mr. Deeds Goes to the City. Um, <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just help you out there. Goes yeah. to town. Like, right. New York town. Yeah. New York town. <laughs> uh, Unica. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm harping on it. Like, I don't want to harp on it. But like, uh, there there is a film without the comedy that I think still works. Right. Um, uh, Adam Sandler, the, the comedy... I mean, we really haven't even gotten into Adam Sandler yet because there's so much we have to address with the original. <laughs> like, things happen in this remake that, like, are not in the original at all that add to the humor. Um, uh, he, for some reason, has a frostbitten foot. Right, that's completely black. <laughs> yeah, which is like, okay, that's kind of funny. You know, they, they play to an end, it comes back in the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> just, <laughs> just grab it. <laughs> I know, it's gross. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, we get to play off of, like, again, something as simple as, like, his foot. It doesn't make sense, but, like, okay, his foot's frostbitten. And we get to play in that space a couple times um, when he's violent, like we talked about. Uh, when the Babe Bennett character, who we'll talk about, uh, is getting assaulted. Yeah. And, like, the way he beats up. Right, just, like, just keep going. <laughs> What's your problem, pal? <laughs> like you know that you can laugh here you know you can laugh when you're in mandrake falls when he's doing the uh the greeting cards oh they're cheesy it's like um uh they don't really quite rhyme yeah <laughs> um but like everyone's having such a reaction you're like okay like he's a more simple kind of i guess man character but you know he, his boyish kind of charm comes out of it and it's it's just far far more consistent. Uh, if you don't like that type of humor, then you know this isn't the movie for you. But like, at least the movie set the tone and said this is what you're in for, and they don't really deviate from that tone throughout. Setting the tone with the adventures of President Blake. Yes, know, that 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 you know what kind of movie you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. If you watch the movie and then you're like, okay, there's a dead guy on top of a mountain, and they're showing it on Times Squares, and they're showing him being airlifted, you can know right then if you're right. gonna want right. to watch the rest of that movie. Right. When you have something like the, uh, I guess there was a payoff for the fire engine in the original because I guess he's riding it, but like, how did you catch it? You know, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> maybe they were at uh, traffic. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But like, you get this pretty elaborate scene in the remake yeah. with the with the, uh, the house on fire. And he's climbing the um, the building, and someone makes a reference like it's just, it's really funny. Calm down. Everything's gonna be all right. Okay, but I'm not leaving without me kitties. How many do you got? Seven. Holy shit. Yeah, he's like Spider-Man climbing up the building. You know, it's a funny 
scene and then they revisit it later when the media spins it and, yes. it's, and it's funny when they it's do fun. that yes. too. Yeah. <laughs> he turned his sights on Miss Keeling herself. Woo! No! Woo! Thank God! Yeah. Uh, you get some really funny, you get a really funny scene from that babe Ben. It's like, you know, fire turns me, turns me on. Unfortunately, like, we're going to kind of just keep dancing around tone if we don't talk about Babe Bennett, so mm -hmm. it might be okay. a good idea to bring her in. Yeah, so we have Jean Arthur as Louise Babe Bennett slash Mary Dawson. Leave four columns open on the front page tomorrow. And then Winona Ryder as Babe Bennett slash Pam Dawson. Fire excites me. Knock yourself out. Slight name change. Yes. Don't know why, Ooh. but sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that unfortunately when we talk about films from this era, right. <laughs> we always end up kind of saying the same thing about the, uh, the lead actress and it's effectively, she's window dressing. Um, there are scenes where she gets to like have an effect more towards the end right. um, of the film, but gee, she just feels so bad. She's just such a nice guy. And like, <laughs> I, I don't know, they, they, like I always say, they put the Vaseline on the, <laughs> the camera and she... You know, they have that, like, Swanee Lake moment, <laughs> which, uh, you know. So, I mean, we're talking um, classic Hollywood starlet. She's, uh, she's a blonde. She's, <sighs> you get, again, in both films, she's a woman in distress because, like, Deeds in both films has this, like, idea of, like, oh, when I meet a woman, I want to be able to, like, help her out like woman in distress has like a connotation around that time period you know so i thought i thought it was kind of strange that that was the uh <laughs> the wording there um i know that from like some share song like it basically could be like a woman that's like, pregnant you know oh, okay yeah <laughs> from a share song <laughs> yeah um gypsy's tramps and thieves uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah whatever that doesn't matter the point is <laughs> um you know so like when they first meet this Babe Bennett, she does classic 30s fainting spell. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how they meet and they go out to the meet the poets like you were talking about and stuff like that. There's, unfortunately, there's not much to her because there's not mm -hmm. much to do. She's a single woman in the 30s, which means uh, she should probably get attached to some sort of man <laughs> soon. Um, I, I, do, I do appreciate that they let her kind of act in uh, the trial that we're going to talk about, but uh, yeah. Winona Ryder has a lot more <laughs> going yeah. on for herself. Yeah, just um, I guess capping off Gene Arthur's performance, like her motivation is just like to get a month off of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does her job pretty well, mm -hmm. um, and then she just eventually decides she changes her mind because she likes deeds. And then, like you keep saying, like she does kind of shine a little bit more mm -hmm. in the trial because actions do have consequences yes. there but um yeah just pretty by the books um female love interest of the time yeah it doesn't really bring much and you know it's completely just uh more a sign of the times than like the actress's <clears throat> yeah. ability um you get that really uh like i mentioned you get that really long swanee lake uh yeah sequence that, which like you couldn't find anything better to play like she's playing like some piece of metal yeah I was like, oh man. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. yeah, you gotta sit through that. Like that maybe that's comedic. Maybe that's maybe. A, maybe that's funny. So if you like that song, you get to hear it not once but twice. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
with a fake tuba. <laughs> yeah, with fake tuba and then something representing percussion. <laughs> yeah. I will say this too, that I, I do think, um, maybe because of the runtime, it feels like her progression to liking Deeds felt a little more natural to me, um, even though it's a 30s film. Like, uh, I think the Winona Ryder character, the way we get into her and the way we get to her liking Deeds, felt like, okay, we got to check off that box mm -hmm. a little bit. So I, I'll give Gene Arthur that, that uh, I could see why she likes this guy. And I think it is because Cooper does have those serious elements, you know? Um, like, he is quote-unquote, the sanest man in the room. So, like, I understand that versus, like, the remake. I guess he's sweet, but, like, he's really, really dumb. Well, he's also a hero. <laughs> that's true. That's he's a hero. What, that's sort of what I think. That's what turned her. Yeah, that's, that's what turned her. That's what yeah. she liked. Yeah. So let's get into uh, Winona Ryder. Wider. Winona Ryder's <laughs> Babe Bennett uh, slash Pam Dawson. Mm -hmm. So, uh... She gets a lot more to do. Yep. She has a lot more comedic beats herself yep. in this. Uh, she doesn't have like a reason to do it necessarily. She's just kinda she seems kind of bad at her job a little, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like she's overpaid. Uh, and she doesn't have a lead on the story at all. She actually only gets information on another mm -hmm. reporter who actually knows all the details of like what Deeds likes, where you can meet him and how we can get yeah. in with him. And she just happens to be a female, so she's able to, you know, sneak right. in. And uh, her sort of comedic beat is just the amount of lies she keeps yes, on making yes. her backstory of Winchester Ton Fieldville. Winchester Fieldville. <laughs> Was it Iowa or something? Yeah. <laughs> and she just keeps making up stuff, and she's uh, often quoting Catcher in the Rye, yes. which I appreciate because I actually just reread that. Oh, cool, <laughs> so, cool. so that was a fun little thing for me. It's like, oh, I. I know these characters. I love references. all the literary references in, uh, like, and then I fell out of Boo Radley's yeah, tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I had to go see Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's yeah. just making up all these things on the fly. Not not anywhere near, like, Kaiser Soze level. Right, right, right. right. So, and, you know, Winona Ryder uh, does really well with it. Yeah. I think that um, what's interesting about her journey, because, like, Jean Arthur, it's, yeah, she's doing a bad thing, you know, per se, but, like, it doesn't feel as almost like blatant as Winona Ryder. Cause like her lies are so extreme. Right. Um, and like, you do have that beat, like you're saying at the, uh, at the TV company that they work for, you get that beat where she's like, Oh, please, you gotta give me the story or, you know, you might fire me. And it's like, she doesn't need the story. <laughs> uh, she's a highest paid person in the office. Like that, like that's funny. So like, to me, there's like this, um, somewhat moral bankruptcy, <laughs> That she started from, and I think that it's actually kind of impressive that she starts as like what could be a really unlikable character, and like kind of works her way into being the love interest that she ends up being um, in the film, and ultimately the hero. Yeah, in in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Uh, but like again, she's very good in this role because she is so funny with how she's like doing the lies. <laughs> How she's reacting, like, when they do go to Winchester, Tennesseeville, <laughs> like, um, like, my daddy built this house six yeah. years ago. Daddy's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we don't have those moments where Gene Arthur, we're like, oh, I'm going to quote this Gene Arthur line. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't really have any mm. quotable moments with her. I, I got Swanee Lake. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> but, like, um, 
it's just so like when she's on screen with D, it's just, it actually is really funny. Like we we mentioned, like part of it um, in the original, like Jean Arthur just kind of faints just to faint. In this remake, she's been like attacked. Right. You know, they do this fake attack, and like Dee just wails. Uh, yeah, it's like Batman in the the trailer, just keeps wailing <laughs> yeah. on him, wailing yeah. on him, throwing trash cans at him. <laughs> the guy's just like uh, the guy that like pretty much helped. Yeah. Uh, Bennett get uh, where she is, like, because he got all the information for her, and then she's just like, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And even later at dinner, she's like, I oh, mean, I hope that mugger made it home safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like it's just so much funnier when those two are in the scene and like i said the fire truck scene i found yeah. it very funny because like she's wearing like a uh, a hidden camera uh in her blouse and uh <laughs> there's a scene where the fire fire people look over because she's trying to get the best angle and she's like got her uh her, <laughs> <laughs> she's got her tits out <laughs> and the guy, like, yeah fire excites me and i was like that's re- that's a really it's <laughs> a really funny beat but she just has so many of those in this film yeah and it's slightly different too um sort of going on that fire story because we see him be heroic mm-hmm. and like save all the cats and to comedic effect like every time the cat would like bounce out of the i don't know the safety net and it yeah. would just like land in some absurd place yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just more absurd than the next <laughs> and uh you know he's a hero and he's able to save uh the lady too mm-hmm. and then it's not her story um that sort of brings deets down it's the way it's spun by yes. her editor so he's made more of a villain and then like she was trying to you know, paint him in a good light, a positive way. Right. She never really does that in the no. original. That's not done to her. Her story's not twisted right. in the original film. It's interesting, right, because, like, Babe Bennett in the remake is, you know, almost, you could almost throw her, her in, like, an antagonist mm-hmm. category. And, like, when that heroic thing happens, that is the turn for yeah. her. Um the way the story spun is so negative. She's like, well, what What the hell? Like, it's a better story to her that, like, he's a hero. But they're trying to keep this narrative, like, this dumb guy right. from out of town. And um, it begins to... cats and <laughs> trying to... Yeah. <laughs> uh, assault. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> it's so... I think it's like... <laughs> it was funny because, you know, they used that footage and they threw in the sound effects. Mm-hmm. The sound effects of the cats making splatter. The sound yeah. effects of, like, Adam Sandler just making, like, heavy breathing noises. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's, ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous scene. No. Like, <laughs> it, it's um it's really funny like it's kinda of like an indictment on the media in a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But like um yeah, that that is the turn and that's where Babe Bennett starts to like fight back from being like like I said, more not villainous, but yeah, more like villain villain like and more in the category of a good guy. We get an arc where, like you mentioned, she kind of saves a day in a certain capacity, which we'll talk about. Um, in the original, it's just kind of like, yeah, I've been hanging out with him. He's doing nicer, nicer things. And eventually I realize, like, oh, man, like, he's a decent, he's a swell guy. Um, doesn't really stop her from writing more stories. <laughs> doesn't really stop her. Um, I Again, like, the comedy, like, in the remake, doing the fire truck and like the framing him to be like this like horrendous human being is funny in the original like i don't get why like the cinderella man is funny like they even have to explain to gary cooper's like why are they calling you the cinderella man and they're like eh, because because <laughs> it's like really you guys that's <laughs> the best you got um you have to guess it's like i guess that'd be funny to a 1930s audience so, like a guy coming to town being called the cinderella man i i guess 
I was actually looking it up, you know, so we know Cinderella mostly from like the movie, mm -hmm. the old animated film. So this movie came out in 1936. Cinderella didn't come out in animated form until 1950. That's true. So it predates Cinderella quite a bit. So yeah. you would have to just know the story. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever read those old like Grimm's fairy tale and stuff like right. that, it's actually pretty dark. Yeah. They always <laughs> have dark endings. Like yeah. Disney always gives it a happy ending, but not in those old yeah, yeah. stories. Yeah. So like... And uh, there was that boxer too. I don't know what year that was. Yeah, with Russell Crowe movie yeah. Cinderella. Man. Yeah, I was like, "What's a good movie?" They keep talking about this good movie. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they're making fun of him by calling him Cinderella. Man, I was like, "Yeah, kind of like, yeah, dude, you're a, a guy with from no means. Yeah, who comes across money? Like, I guess they're making fun of you, but like, he was giving them reasons to <laughs> yeah. kind of uh, go after him to a certain extent because he's punching everybody around town." Um, Sandler is like actively being heroic and is getting the short end of the stick. And mm -hmm. the movie, the remake handles that juxtaposition so much better. Um, and like I said, it because we one we still get to stick in that comedic um, standpoint. We get to elevate Mr. D Longfellow, um, Sandler's Longfellow mm -hmm. in this case, and we get to elevate Bay Bennett. And it starts to kind of like bring that arc into like our third act it's a really clean transition and it paints our villains out more clearly yes. too oh yeah we know who our villains are um it is going to be a while before you know who your villains are in, that, <laughs> yeah. in the original there's more than you would expect and they come from places you're not expecting <laughs> yeah it's it's confusing yeah 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 trial of the century <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i uh I also enjoy Winona Ryder's stuff, um, and I think she's really good here. So, like, uh, I know we kind of compare things on this show. Um, for me, the, just put them together, the Adam Sandler, Winona Ryder combination mm -hmm. is stronger. I, this is going to sound weird, I slightly prefer at times Gary Cooper's deeds because I do like someone that, like, has agency. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, the combination of him and Gene Arthur, like, uh, the remake's kind of running away with that. Um, like I said, Adam Sandler's performance, he gets the comedy, but he also gets the tender moments. Like, when he's getting made fun of, he looks just as sad as Gary Cooper does. So, like, he's he's doing his job really well, and I think those two just have really good chemistry in this, in this film. Yeah, I just overall found Gary Cooper and Gene Arthur are boring. Yeah, I was pretty bored to tears. Um, like we keep saying, it is a longer film, so mm -hmm. we actually probably do spend more time with them, but they yeah. are not interesting characters at all. Um, I know there's not a lot to do in the 30s, yeah, but yeah. man, it's just like, yeah. I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't grab yeah. onto anything. I couldn't and, latch on. And there are large stints of the movie where they're not even like talking to each other or doing anything together. Like, like we have the whole aside where he when he decides to kind of get rid of his money. And it's just like, Gino's is not in that part at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and he kind of catches up with her later. It just going from scene to scene doesn't feel smooth in the way that it does in the shorter runtime remake. Um, even though things are strange, like the frostbitten foot, like everything kind of serves a purpose and comes back in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And you have whole ass characters in the original that like should be major characters that are like minor like d-roll characters yeah. and it's really confusing it very much is want to talk about some dirty lawyers or yeah let's oh, get to some lawyers, dirty lawyers lawyers and so we got cedar we got a few cedars yeah. in the original 
it's a little, again, confusing. Um, I guess we're going to focus just on the main one. As sure. Douglas Dumbrill as John Cedar. You say the word, and we'll stop this yokel dead in his tanks. And then we have Peter Gallagher in the remake as Chuck Cedar. If I got Preston Blake to trust me with his company, I can get this moron to do the same. I mean, look at him. So again, I'll just start with um, the original John Cedar. Like I said, he's part of a firm that's called like Cedar, 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 and I don't know, like I, Burlington or yeah, something. something like that. Something yeah. weird that he was like, I need to figure out how to rhyme with that. And when you hear an interesting name, you, you always try to rhyme. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so boring. Yeah. Cedar, 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 Buddington. <laughs> Buddington must feel like an awful stranger. Hmm? Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so he's just trying to get, um, what's he trying to get? The power of attorney? Yeah, so in, th in this case, um, Cedar has been exploiting Martin Simple's like estate um, right. kind of like the whole time. So he, I got Simple to sign the power of attorney. I can get this, this idiot mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and, you know, Deeds actually, like I mentioned, tends to be more formidable than he was expecting. Um, he asks hard questions between bouts of, like, idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, basically what we find out is that, like, they're kind of misappropriating funds. They're, they're like, half a million dollars in the hole, which is insane in the 30s. Um, and they basically want the power of attorney so they can, like, you know, funnel more money and keep their grift going. Um and, you know, they're going to figure out a way to, to break deeds down so they can pull that off. Um, I don't know. Like, I do enjoy this Cedar in, again, like a lot of characters in this film, in moments. Like, when he first goes into uh, Mandrake Falls and he comes back and he's like, I, I knew I should have taken that trip. Because, <laughs> like, he realizes that, like, he, he truly does think that he's the mental superior of Longfellow. And he's trying to exploit that pretty hard. Like I said, we take a lot of journeys with yeah. these characters. Yeah, it's it's not exactly clear, I guess, just like how villainous John Cedar is. It's not really like I said towards the end when he teams up with that other relative. Right. Kind of. Exciting. But even then, you don't even really see them together too much. Right. Like planning and plotting, and it's not until like the very end when we have that trial. Mm. And. Mm. Even then, I'm still like, well, <laughs> is he really the villain? Because is it supposed to be the judge at this point? Like, I just wasn't sure. But, you know, I guess he keeps the story moving at the end. Yeah. So he's good for that. But he doesn't really have much influence throughout the film. Like, no, no. Nothing no. he's really doing is, like, prohibiting Deeds from doing anything he wants. Like, right. he's still able to do pretty much everything. And he's not the one who, like, exposes... Um, Dawson or anything, you know, he yeah. just kind of gets lucky with that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, funny enough, and I think it's a, a symptom of a film from the 30s, <laughs> uh, the villain in, in this film, to me, is, is dames, women. <laughs> women, <laughs> women ruin everything, folks, and, uh, like, uh, Babe Bennett really, uh, in this film, for whatever reason, falls into the camp of like she ruined everything right right like uh even though cedar's actively stealing from him um has been trying to exploit him the whole time um at the end of the day it's like hey i you know should we take this money and hand it to this person who has no interest in it you know i, I think other than trying to get him committed um mm -hmm. which is definitely like the villain turn right. for him um arguably it's kind of a push right because 
Longfellow's already like, I don't really want the money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because he has to be involved, like he starts, you know, poking around where they don't want him to. But like, like you mentioned, he's got the ability to just do whatever he wants. Like Deeds just goes all over the place. And, you know, Cedar's constantly like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And he does it anyway. So, man, he's cooking the books, but we don't really see him in a meaningful right. way until the trial. So, like, is he yeah. a villain? <laughs> and even at that trial, the only reason it seems like it's going bad is because Deed's kind of given up because of what happened yeah. with Babe Bennett. And, you know, if, if he didn't find out about her or if that whole thing didn't blow up the way it went, um, then he would have easily fought against Cedar and no. it wouldn't have even been a problem no. at all. It was only because he had given up because of the evil woman, right. like you said. Right, yeah, that that I found to be, uh, you know, <laughs> a bit troubling, but like expected from uh, that type of film. Um, it's just, with everything going on, like there's literally, like I mentioned, there's a guy with a gun. And like <laughs> the, the big villain until the trial is, Ultimately, they did it. And it's like, wow. Like, yeah. even Winona Ryder being the villain through parts of it isn't, like, at all treated that way no. <laughs> in the film. It's a, it's a very, um, I don't know, unexpected isn't the right word, but, like, it's a weird tone. And um, it, it's, it's a little clunky for me. Yeah, because the whole movie... He's being told by this other character, Cobb, who we'll get to, I'm sure. Like, that, like you know, stay away from the media. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're just ruining your image. You got to stay away. Don't talk to anybody. So it is Babe Bennett who's getting that information right. and just, you know, totally smearing his character. Right. So she really is our villain. She's our villain. She's She is our villain. Um, <laughs> we know she's our villain because the movie or our protagonist cannot overcome the obstacles facing him until the villain effectively admits to her uh, fault in uh, this entire sequence of events. And it's like, it takes her to be like, I, I, I really, you know, mucked this up. I, <laughs> I, you know, how could anyone treat a guy as swell as you like this? Like, she really has to kind of like admit her sins <laughs> for the movie to end. And it's, it's <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy, it seems odd because like we literally in the first act have a character that's like, I'm robbing you. And he's not the worst person <laughs> in the film. Wild. Yes. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Didn't really think about it like that, but um, it's a pretty good point. I, I mean, you know, I just call him how I see him, you know. <laughs> I know at this point you're probably checked out. You're like, this movie's too long. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm locked in. I'm like, what? <laughs> what's going to happen to these two kids? Um, but no, the, uh, the Cedar in the remake is a lot more one influential and a lot more fun. Yeah, Peter Gallagher, uh, his take on Cedar, he's not really a lawyer. He's uh, yeah. he has a significant ownership of Blake Enterprises. Clearly, this company is like a huge media conglomerate because Deeds is in it for forty billion dollars. You know, it's stock. I guess he has to like raise money to get that forty billion. It's not really forty billion dollars. It's you know just ownership of this big media conglomerate. Mm -hmm. Whatever, I'm getting in the weeds. I, um, <laughs> he's much more clearly the villain. Mm -hmm. um, he's more or less trying to uh, get over on Deeds. And it's not just for his money. I mean, he literally, which doesn't really make sense to me either, but like he literally wants to like more or less liquidate the company for a big payout. Right. And um, 
he doesn't care who he hurts to to do that. And that definitely puts you in the camp of villain because he's actively trying to, uh, like you said in the synopsis, um, take people's jobs <laughs> when he certainly doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little confused about it. Um, his motivations. So he wants to, like you said, liquidate the company, mm -hmm. but he still will give deeds the $40 billion? I mean, I... Yeah, right? That's confusing, right? Yeah. Um, boy, I, again, I work in finance, so this is throwing me off. <laughs> um, he's already 51% owner of the company because of the international shareholders. Okay. So, like, when Deed sells his shares, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or did he give it to, did he sell it to Cedar, and that's how he gets 51%. I, I wasn't really uh, uh, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Because if he's already the majority shareholder, it okay, doesn't that, matter. Okay, that, that's fair. That See, the problem with, with that part of the movie is that is confusing. Right? Yeah, like, they didn't really explain that to me. No. So, like, it's just weird to me that he could raise the $40 billion to take over ownership of the company. I don't know. Whatever. It it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it is confusing. It is confusing. Um, he's a very fun character, too. Like, he definitely plays into the comedic aspect of the film uh, from time to time. There's a character we haven't talked about yet uh, who, like, sneaks up on people and, like, they have a lot of good <laughs> interactions. Um He's very capable and smart, but he's kind of playing like the, sort of the useful idiot role sometimes when he's talking to Deeds. He's like, yeah, you, you're the chairman. Um, it's hard to really like break him down because like a lot of times where he's funny, it's playing off of a different character. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I was going to say like he's more of like the straight man mm -hmm. while everybody else is kind of acting a little bit weird. And yes. then just to kind of his the way he's reacting to them like he has in a an assistant kind of guy that's like hitting mm -hmm. on old ladies yeah. uh, in the town. He's that like, guy's really funny. It's like, keep it in your pants. <laughs> like, uh, one, of the, one of the stronger scenes in the movie is, uh, um, it's supposed to emulate that opera scene I keep talking about in the original where Deeds becomes a chairman of the opera board. Uh, in the remake, he becomes chairman of the company because he's the majority owner uh, at that point. Um, and, you know, you have this like, <laughs> this football player because, He's like, man, the Jets suck. He's like, well, you own them. It's like, oh. <laughs> Talking about a joke that still works today. Yeah, huh? yeah. It does still work. And the Jets are choke artists. I wouldn't say that, Mr. Deeds. Just Deeds. Why is that, though? You own the Jets, Deeds. I do? Wow. That sucks. You know, like, The Simpsons has that great bit about Homer owning the Denver Broncos. Well, see, that joke doesn't necessarily land the same way versus the Jets, who are just historically terrible. Um, <laughs> come at me, Internet. Um, but, like, when uh, the football player comes in and he's like, well, dude, it's just, he had the most touchdowns last season. Right. Like, you're right. He is playing the straight man role. And, uh, you know, again, Deeds punches out that guy. Again, that comedy works because it's like, hey, you keep talking like that in front of these ladies. Yeah, no cussing in front of the ladies. And then, you know, he apologizes right away, and he's, like, really nice to him. He's not just fighting them and right. walking out of the right. room. Right, like, when he fights someone, it's for a purpose. It's not just to punch him because he doesn't like you. He's like, hey, man, like, I don't have to beef with you, but, like, don't do that. And, you know, that joke, and again, what this movie does well, that joke is to come back yeah. when, <laughs> when his father, <laughs> you were cursing him from the <laughs> his belt off. Daddy, no! <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy, this grown man is being abused by his father. Um... <laughs> And but, then Deej is just like, all right, 
going back to my old other call. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like that, that's, um, damn it, Cedar. Yeah, Cedar in this scene, that is interesting. Like, he doesn't have to do much to get the bits because, he, like you mentioned, he is a straight man. And uh, he just plays it so well. And, and the good thing is he's actually implemented in the plot. Like, when, when you're talking about the business, it's not just this, like, flimsy power of attorney thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to own the business. This is what I'm going to do. It's going to cause these jobs to go away. Um, there is the jobs element in the remake, but it's not directly part of, like, the company. It's, it is actually because Deeds is planning to do something that is, you know, on paper, kind of, it is odd what he's planning to do. So, like, Cedar... His reaction isn't completely unwarranted in the original. Um, in the remake, it's a little bit more nefarious, but like, I'm still kind of confused though, because like, you just you just own part of this media empire. I don't know why you would like bust it up. Like, I feel like you would have better prospects owning yeah it's a multi billion yeah. dollar company. <laughs> yeah, I think so, but for some reason he wants the money now. I, I don't I know. Guess. Yeah, his his role isn't. I think his villain role is more defined at the revealing of uh, Miss Dawson than yes. Mrs. Bennett. Because he, wait, so let me just, help me retrace some steps here. So he finds out from so all the, he okay so the he guy finds that gets out, beat up. Yeah, he finds out from the guy that Adam Sandler beats up that Babe Bennett isn't or is actually Pam Dawson. Mm -hmm. So then he goes to the head guy yep. that we'll talk about, played by Jared Harris, and then they scheme together. Which is. A roundabout way to do that because the one guy works for yeah, yeah, yeah. but like whatever it, it works it, yeah it, 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 don't think too hard about it but it works yeah <laughs> ultimately you needed um, the two guys to yes. come together somehow yes, and it's weird that yeah somebody on the inside already is making them come together it, but whatever. don't think about it too hard it's Mr. Deeds okay yeah, right, right so yeah so they team up and ultimately to um, you know just sell out. Mm -hmm. Dawson, and yep. that's the the whole point of that is so that Deeds will sell and just get out. Yeah, because with with him out of the picture, then he can liquidate the company. So, because you, you know he's the villain because he's ruining Deeds' life mm -hmm. right there, and yep. then he can go on with his evil scheme. Yep. Yeah, he has no regard for uh, Deeds at all. Like he's right. willing to throw him under the bus. He's willing to uh, reveal his love interest is not his love interest. Um, even though at this point she is. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a low blow. It's a it's a villainous move, you know. It's not super mustache twirly, but like it gets the job done. It's right. like um, there's some st questionable steps to get there, but like the point <laughs> is like screw deeds. I'm gonna do this. Throw him under the bus. Um, I'm gonna you know bum him out so bad that he's gonna sell the, his share, and then I'm gonna just steamroll this company with uh, at the shareholders meeting. So flimsy but clean, flimsy but clean entry into that villainy and. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, I, I, to your point, I was trying to remember why I thought he was so funny. And I think, like I said before, I think you just nailed it with that straight man part of it. You know, that almost Abbott and Costello thing. I was like, yeah, he's funny because he's like, he's the most normal person <laughs> in this movie full of like just outlandish characters mm -hmm. um, versus the original, which is Deeds is the outlandish character in this otherwise normal group of people. Mm -hmm. um, it's two different entry points. It's interesting to make the villain a straight man versus uh, yeah. in this remake. It's actually a really probably smart character choice. 
Yeah, because most people are able to get along with Deeds because they all have these quirky things mm -hmm. in the remake. Yeah. As opposed to the original where they all just see Deeds as this weird outsider right. who plays tuba. Yeah, too much tuba, man. It's just weird. The guy's playing this tuba again. You know, one thing you might like for Peter Gallagher with maybe the tennis scene? He's just uh, getting his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. Is that my point or yours? It's yours. <laughs> Ooh, that got you right in the throat, huh? <laughs> Gotta ask you, though, if it hits you, is it my point or yours? Yeah. Well, I'm winning then, I guess. That was a fun scene. Yeah, so he's yeah he's having fun in the movie yeah and, but you still know he's the villain yeah you mostly know because it's like the haircut he's got good villain <laughs> yeah he's got yeah. good villain hair great great character big upgrade um except like cedar in the original i mean like he's just flustered the whole time like, he's just kind of upset about things but like not in a very funny way it's yeah. like he's like well this is improper um okay yeah peter gallagher you get you get action scenes with uh the butler who we're gonna talk about, you get action scenes with um uh the guy uh deeds kicks that like you just get to see him play off with so many different characters and he's consistently funny in those moments. So it's a, a very strong villain in yeah. this case. Yeah, he's the reason our hero loses his love interest mm -hmm. and he's also makes the sort of hero kind of do these things he didn't want to do, but because he got him to such a low point, he's able to follow through on his evil scheme. Yeah. So competent villain he's able to get things done totally now from here like i'm looking at the notes and yeah. uh, i think you're right uh with these notes that that is the framework of the film that you can kind of do one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. after this when it comes to characters like we're going to be all over the place because right. there are characters that are exclusive to the original there are characters that are exclusive to the remake there are events that are exclusive um i will say this that when i was watching the original again um it had been some time and I really forgot about the original movie. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> I was kind of like rewatching. I was like kind of upset at the remake for, for a lot of it. Cause I was like, man, it just hit the same notes. But um, story-wise, but comedically, not, not so right. much. Um, I will say that one of the funniest people in the original, and I see you having I think hands down the funniest person. No question. <laughs> is uh, Lionel Stander as Cornelius... Corny Cobb. <laughs> um, Somewhere in this country, a guy is walking into 20 million bucks. You know what's funny? Like, they introduced these two kind of, like, bodyguard characters in in the original. But, like, to me, he feels like the bodyguard. Yeah. You know? He works for um, Cedar, 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 and whatever. It's kind of like, it's almost like a Ray Donovan type character. He's like a fixer, almost. Like, he handles things... Uh, he beats people up if he needs to. He's kind of a, an old school tough. He likes Deed style. Like, he likes the way mm -hmm. Deed is a violent man, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're violent, I'm violent. And they have really good interaction. He He's super helpful. Because uh, if you don't have him in the movie, man, like I think Deed's just like quits. Yeah. <laughs> and he's definitely one of the more interesting characters. Um Again, he's he's sort of a reactionary character. Like absurd mm -hmm. things will happen, and then he'll just be like, "Well, what the <laughs> yeah. what the hell?" Like, um, I think Deeds comes up with a poem, something rhyme, try to rhyme cop with something, something, yeah. something is out of a job. He's like, "Oh man, I'm fired already!" <laughs> he's like, "This is completely absurd." He's like, "No, all right, it was just a poem." Yeah. It's like, oh okay, and you know, he just he has the funny beats. Like, I don't mm -hmm. can't remember them all, um, but he definitely has them. And he's like, somebody yeah. was trying to sell bull. Yeah. He's like, you trying to sell me bull? I've been yeah. selling bull my whole life. No, nah, no, nah, we're not buying any bulls. What's that? 
Listen, fella, bull's what I've been selling all my life. That is one of the funniest jokes in the whole movie. I think, I think, um, because I remember some of the beats. Like, I'll say, at the beginning of the film, because they're going a little long with the guy who keeps forgetting yeah. he talked to them. Um, and he's, he's the one that's like, all right, Mac, listen, <laughs> where's Deeds? Tell me where he is. And, like, it's actually funny because he doesn't directly ask where Deeds is. He asks where Deeds lives. Yeah, or his house or something. Yeah, so they take him to the house, and the guy knew Deeds wasn't there. But, like, it's good. Like, we need this character because, okay, we did this joke. <laughs> Let's move forward. Um, he has another funny beat with the guy you were talking about who comes in and is like, I'll settle for a million dollars when Deeds kind of – Kicks him out. He's like, hey, Mac, the way you got rid of that guy. And they shake hands. Um, he just, like, he, he ultimately respects Deeds, like, just straightforward nature. There's no, like you said, there's no bull. You're not selling him bull. And, uh, man, like, I I can't imagine this movie without. No, he, he really makes you care about Deeds. Because mm -hmm. he's, like you said, he's kind of like, well, this is stupid, this little town. Then he has that turn yep. where he kind of like is like his biggest supporter. And without Cobb, really, like nobody is making me like Deeds. Right. Because right. Deeds isn't making me like Deeds. Uh, it's really Cobb. Mm -hmm. It's all Cobb. I'm viewing Deeds through Cobb's eyes, and yes. that's what's making me root for him. Yeah. Cobb is because Cobb has credibility because he's coming with the lawyers. Mm -hmm. So he's already established that he's. Yeah, he's rough around the edges, but, like, again, the credibility still stands because he's not doing anything that's completely out of control. Right. Um, he sees a lot more of Deed's actions than anyone else in the movie, and he approves of Deed's actions um, for the most part throughout the film. Um, keeps things really grounded in that way. And because we have context between kind of, like, the Deed's world and the real world through Cobb, we're able to reflect and, like you said, approve of Deed's in the same way. If you do not have that kind of filter of looking at deeds in that middle ground, it's yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's dude, really tough. You know, it's like a guy who chases fire engines one moment, he's punching poets another moment. Uh, and, and you know, he he's consistently helpful. Like I said, there are like large swaths in the movie where the villain's not in the movie. Uh, if you count it as Cedar or Babe Bennett. <laughs> um, <laughs> There are large swaths of the movie, like, there's a huge turn where Deeds decides that he wants to give up his money, and uh, he's, Cobb is helping him with that process. He doesn't recommend it. He's like, yo, dude, I think you're kind of nuts, but, you know, you're a stand-up guy for doing it. And, um, again, Cobb is there more than anyone else in the film, and he's a good reference point, um, especially when Deeds kind of, after love goes south, decides to, like, I'm done fighting for myself. Just like Santa in Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> you know, these dames, they'll make you uh, quit on life. Like, you'll just be like, you know, I'll get committed in a horrific 30s style, like, sanitarium, because uh, that girl's mean to me for <laughs> half a day. So. Yeah. is <laughs> uh, also very important, because he's the reason that Deeds finds out about uh, Dawson. Yes. It's really being Bennett. He doesn't do it um, out of malice. He thinks he's the one being fooled by right. Deeds. He goes, oh, you, I told you not to do anything stupid, Deeds. You know, I told you to, to fly right. And then you're going and you're dating this reporter. He's yeah. like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, yeah, don't you notice the resemblance between uh, your girl and this babe Bennett? So he totally spills the beans. Yep. Didn't realize he was spilling right. beans. And then he does sort of like, oh, 
My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I didn't know you didn't know. Yeah. I would have I wouldn't have come at you like that. Yeah, so, totally. Yo, so he's he's like a genuinely good person, this cop. He's <laughs> he you know, like you said, a little rough around the edges, yep. but good person to root for. I like I like him more than Deans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like I think that that is the kind of common thread that like Deeds is at times very rough around the edges and like Cobb knows how to navigate that space. But like, yeah, his, he's so kind of conciliatory at the end. He's like, Oh my God. Like I, if I would have known this, is how you were going to react, I wouldn't even have told you, dude. Like, yeah. um, it, he's truly <laughs> Deeds best friend in this film. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a great character. I call him the glue, man. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think the movie works without him. No, no. Um, if without him, it's just a sequence of events that are loosely connected. Yeah. Um, it still is, but uh, with him, uh, it, it holds together yeah. somewhat. And talking about again, just the, the comedy, he gets some of the funniest moments in the movie. So yeah. you know, really need him. Oh, corny cop. That's one of the original exclusives. I mean, that is the original exclusive. Yeah. Um, I that, mean, that's that the most notable character. Yes. Like we said, there's the other relative mm -hmm. who doesn't really do anything. He just kind of, I guess I'm related and maybe I should do something. And yeah. his wife is like, yeah, you should do something. But we don't really spend any time with him. And we don't really see him except for like one part in like the beginning and then like at the trial. Yeah, at the end. trial, yeah. Mr. Semple over there is a nose twitcher. So he does a character of no consequence really no no consequence um almost doesn't even make sense to introduce him but whatever uh yeah. it happened he was in the movie and we moved on yeah the only reason i could think he's in there is because like cedar's like well he should be the one to inherit so that's kind of like his angle i'm gonna claim this guy's insane deeds and say that this guy should be the one to really inherit the money but you know if you really think about it, if you really wrote it well maybe you could just say he's insane and just doesn't deserve the money right at all. you didn't really need somebody else to get the money. You just say like, well, the company will now take the money because the company will suffer if Deeds has it, but it will flourish if we're able to use the money. So you could have, yeah, just written that character out because he really could have been somebody, but yeah. was nobody. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, just uh, dropped the ball, like uh, completely. Yeah. Why, why is he there? Um, what does he bring to the table? The answer is ultimately nothing. When, to your point, it could have been a lot. <laughs> you know, you, you got this, like, very interesting potential foil, and he's more background than um, women that are introduced in the trial just because they're from Mandrake Falls. Yeah. <laughs> he's less important than those two characters. Yes. And that is hard to do. <laughs> hard to do. Yeah, these la last-minute thrown-in women. Well, we'll get to it when we get to the trial. Totally. Uh, so let's talk about some of the characters that are pretty exclusive to the remake, at least their portrayals are. We have Jared Harris as Mark McGrath. Has Longfellow Deeds been locked up? Of course not. While the rest of us obey the law, rich playboys like himself get to laugh at it. <laughs> and he is sort of the head of the media, the TV show that um, Bennett works for, right? He's the, he's the host. Kind of almost like an Access Hollywood type yeah, of uh, show. It's exactly what it is, but they're just all about smearing uh, good fellow, good fellow, long fellow <laughs> deeds, and just making him look like a dumbass. And um, you know, he seems like an okay guy at first, because like him and Bennett are kind of on the mm -hmm. same page. But mm -hmm. then it comes, the turn really comes when he twists the story of the firefighting, yeah. which is like you know how he killed cats and like assaulted this woman instead of saving everybody. So you know he becomes a bad guy, and then later he does team up with Cedar. 
to ultimately um, just destroy, yeah. <laughs> I guess, Deeds. Longfellow Deeds, the biggest idiot in New York <laughs> City. And, like, it's a, he's a good character. Um, like I said, the, the playful kind of back and forth with Babe Bennett and then, like, that sort of dark turn that he takes, uh, yeah. I think it played really well into the film. And I, I don't know. I like I liked his uh, his kind of on screen persona yeah. uh, in the TV production. It, clean character. Yeah, I mean, I like Jared Harris as an actor. I mean, it's rare to see him in a comedic role. Yes, sir. Chernobyl. <laughs> just watched The Crown recently too. Wow. Um, he's fantastic in those. You know, he does all right. This uh, comedy here, but. Um, he doesn't really have too much to do because they more just focus on him sort of being the villain. You know, like you had like uh, villain 1A, it's certainly uh, Peter Gallagher. Right. And Mac is almost like, yes, I'm a villain, but I'm kind of like, you know, he's a tier below. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, he's not as directly involved with this Deeds. Sure, it's like, okay, he made him look bad in the press. Like, it doesn't stop Deeds from being a multimillionaire or right. a billionaire. Um, Peter Gallagher is actively trying to harm deeds mm -hmm. and mac is just kind of like you know yeah. by proxy and then i guess we'll talk about him because he also works for the same corporation uh, go to alan covert as marty i'm a junior producer at inside access and i have information that will help you get deeds out of town we already mentioned him yeah. he's the one that he's actually the grandma's boy guy. he's the grandma's boy guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's the one that knows everything about deeds and is able to get bennett in uh, so that she can spy on him and he's kind of a, he's not necessarily a villain. I'd say he's more of like a gray character. He's, yeah. he's kind of doing his job. Um, he gets to go undercover a lot and wear lots of funny outfits. Yeah. He often gets like beat up a lot and just takes a lot of abuse That's in this movie good. to comedic effect, of course. And, you know, he, I think he's attracted to oh, uh, sure. Bennett and, yeah. and he just like wants to get with her. And ultimately when he kind of sells her out by like twisting her story too. Um, he just gets rejected. So he's ultimately a pathetic character. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, kind of actually going back to his his relationship with Babe Bennett, uh, Alan Covert is a lot of our our introduction to Babe and her lifestyle. Um, I, we don't forgot to mention, but she's like sleeping on the couch in her office. Uh, she's going through a rough time, and that's why she needs the deed story. And he's like, "Oh, what's that about?" I was like, "Hey, I bought shoes." <laughs> It's pretty funny. Um, but like he, he clearly likes her because he's like, oh, you could stay with me. And she's like, nah, last time I went over, you were like breathing heavily. He's like, it was ass, but yeah, like, I couldn't like, find my thingy. <laughs> and like he, he's got so many fun beats, but like as, as a side character, he's got yeah. like those side character funny moments. So like uh, in a comedic film like this, yeah, you could, you know, have the guy wearing a neck brace for the rest of the movie because he got beat up in act one. Like that's fun. And he, he plays that role very strong. Um, Showering oh. and washing his butt in front of uh, yeah, that was, Cedar. <laughs> in, in costume, like with the mustache coming off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so, so unnecessary and so funny. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, you're right about him being a great character because what sets him over the top is that ultimately because she likes Longfellow D, she's like, you like that idiot and not me. Mm -hmm. It spurs him to be like, you know what, I'm, screw it. I'm going to sell you, uh, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Yeah. Basically. He's a fun. He's a fun character. You get a lot of value out of this uh, this minor character in a way that the original could never. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, going on, and we have Eric Avari as Cecil Anderson. I'm still very worried about this. 
he sort of acts like I don't know, sort of like underneath the cedar character mm -hmm. i'm not mm -hmm. exactly sure what his role is but he seems like he's like a like his number two guy yeah, in a way like but he's not like cedar he's uh He's not a villain. <laughs> no, he's a pretty nice guy. He's a much more pleasant individual. Yeah. He seems to almost like deeds immediately mm -hmm. and just kind of goes along for the ride. And it seems a very pleasant character to be around yeah. overall. It has a lot of funny beats. The the equivalent would be, I mean, like he's in the movie so short in the original is almost not worth mentioning. But like there's a there's a guy who like during one of the meetings was like, Yeah, but what about the books? You know, like he's that type of character he's like a lawyer's like but well, we have this half a million dollar problem and so you're like screw that eric Avari kind of fits in that category of like hey why are we you know why are we doing this to deeds and he's just so more affable and fun like having that uh having him oh kitty nice to meet you like that <laughs> or should i say meow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this awkward older gentleman that like is very funny um yeah. works for the bad guy but isn't a bad guy and he's he's really good at playing off again because uh peter gallagher is a straight man he's really good at playing off peter gallagher and kind of being like the moral compass that we're working with while still being adjacent to the villain and he he handles that role very well and we get to see him with kitty towards the end of the movie it's uh consistent he also plays off of adam sandler pretty well too mm -hmm. um one of my favorite scenes is um, when they're in the helicopter and they start singing Space Oddity, David yeah. Bowie, and then he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, and here am I sitting in a tin can. Oh, here am I sitting in a tin can. That's right, Anderson. It's like, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, but, it did. Yeah, but you know, there he is just like, you know, going along with Deeds. You can tell that he likes Deeds. He's mm -hmm. having fun. And then during that tennis match, I think, um, when he's nailing Cedar a couple times, he's like, you liked that, didn't you? Like, oh, that's yeah. much good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh! oh! You okay? Not a problem. Anderson, you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> so he's just a fun character, and uh, you know when he's around, it's, he's just gonna lighten up the mood a little bit. Totally. Uh, real, uh, you know, comedic character. Um, stays above the fray while still being in it. It's, it's like a really, um, I would say it's probably a pretty difficult turn to like, be villain adjacent and not be a villain. And yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the, again, I thought this uh, Space Oddity thing was a little cheesy, but, like, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun and it, it stuck with the tone of the film and his contribution to that scene really elevated because I think if you don't have him doing that there, you're just like, why are we? Yeah, why yeah, are we, yeah. Why are we singing the song? <laughs> yeah, you just, his turn and his acceptance of deeds just makes it easier for the audience to accept. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's sort of like, um, the the cop character yeah yeah in some ways he is a lot like the cop character and very much like the cop character um you're rooting for him so like when again it's a minor beat but like when he's with kitty towards him you're like oh cool like I'm glad that worked out you know <laughs> not that it matters yeah but eric avari just uh really really strong portrayal for how little he's in the movie but when he is in the movie you know you're going to get something fun because he's he's a very funny guy in all of these scenes. Mm -hmm. And I saved the best yes. <laughs> for last. Yes, you did. And we have John Totoro as Emilio Lopez. Oh, you kind of snuck up on me there. I am very, very sneaky, sir. Character solely in the remake. Yes. I can't even think of anybody. He's kind of like the um, the butler in the first one who like wants to put the socks on. Or the yeah, clothes. okay. But 
that guy is not funny. I mean, the funny thing he does in the original is the echo scene. Yeah. What? That, that's an echo scene. You try it. Me say? Yeah. Which they did in the remake, yes. too. Yeah. Hey, buddy, how you doing? You want to give it a shot? Boop. Nice. The same, if not better, effect in the remake. And they did it a couple of times in the remake, just like the absurdity, just mm -hmm. like this echo. But, yeah, uh, no, he is in a class of his own, though. You're right about that. Yeah, John Totoro. I mean, <laughs> we talked about um, Cobb being the best part of the original. I think John Totoro might be yeah. the best part of this remake. Honestly, when I think about this movie, um, when I think about what people quote about this movie, it's him. It's him. I'm very, very, very sneaky. I'm very, sneaky. very sneaky. <laughs> I think you're underestimating the sneakiness. <laughs> He's such a fun character. Yeah, yeah. You kind of just snuck up on me there, man. I fear you're underestimating the sneakiness, sir. It, it's so crazy, like, because it, it's an Adam Sandler movie, but, like, he just, he steals so many Yeah, scenes. every time he's on on the screen, you just, like, you just go to him immediately. You're like, oh, I can't wait to hear what he's yeah, going to say, because yeah. it's just so, it's such a fun character, and I, the way like he plays pizza. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the feet scene with the frostbite where he's like, he, <laughs> that, yeah. that foot will horrify my dreams yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a funny beat there. And then when he actually like hits it and starts jumping on it and then takes the, 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 the fireplace fire, poker. Yeah, the poker yeah. from the fireplace starts hitting it and then stabs him. And then Sandler screams, he's like, oh my God, what do I do? He's like, oh shit, bastard. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It's like, oh, okay, it's cool. Yeah, that's it. Ah! You're sick. You're sick! Why would you do that to me? I'm just kidding you, pal. <laughs> so he's just a fun character. His sneaky thing is so simple, so but it works so every well. Time. Yeah, every time. Because like they play like the little music, and he's like behind you. Yeah, yeah. So, so good. And um, in in a way that we'll talk about it. I mean, the most consequential side character in the film. Like yeah. he's like kind of the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. So it's fitting that, you know, when we think about this film, we really do think about John Tutorial's yeah. character, man. Like, I do, especially, you know. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, the mysterious background, España. <laughs> I don't know, he's just infinitely quotable in these, like, really weird <laughs> yeah. ways. It's it's just a fun character, the sneaky things. Even just doing the accent, I'm very, very sneaky. And it's, it's so, so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he's he's essential to the plot because he's pretty much the ending. It revolves yeah. around him. Yeah, the movie exists to tell, weirdly enough, his story. Yeah, yeah. Which I have a little issue with, yeah. it, but I'll I'll get into yeah. it as we discuss I'm, those. I'm sure. <laughs> but hands down, my favorite character from the remake. Yeah, no, no question. <laughs> uh, so, like, if you're talking about what makes both these movies work, Corny Cobb. In the uh, the original, like without him, I don't think it works. Um, the movie can work without Totoro, but like he's he's a delight and probably really the funniest part yeah, of, like, of the movie. I got you know a lot of people like the Adam Sandler humor, just like it's yeah, not for them. Yeah. But John Totoro, um, I tend works. to be kind of one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. So John Totoro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Which which is partially why like when I was talking about Gary Cooper, I was like. You know, because like yeah. I, I'm not really a Sandler slaps a guy all the time. Right. Sometimes yeah. I am. He's very funny. And like, but you know, it's not always for me. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Especially mm -hmm. like towards the, kind of this time of his career, because you guys just kept playing the same yeah. guy in yeah. like every movie, and was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. 
But he's, he's a great actor. I mean, Uncut Gems is fun. Um, even like that, uh, it's cheesy, but like that uh, murder mystery yeah. movie like works. It's Sandler comedy, but like, yeah, they, they pull it off. Those are different movies than the ones we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, is there any other character you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, how, how could we? <laughs> how could we? <laughs> I think uh, I think anyone that needed to be discussed, I think we nailed um, pretty handily. All right. So let's just get to these endings because they right. are very different. I think we should start with that original. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a long ending. Yeah. And yeah. it's a very different ending. So I'm going to start when um, Babe is revealed. I'll start there. So, Mary Dawson's not Dawson. We find uh, Deeds finds out that it's really um, Babe, Babe Bennett. So he's he's just completely crushed because he mm -hmm. really loved this girl. So he doesn't really care anymore about life. And then you just see him mopey pretty much the rest of the movie. Right. And this is around the time where he's in his mansion, and then there's a guy with a gun yeah, comes yeah. in. It, it, so I hate to jump in here, no, but like uh, this part of the film comes out of nowhere and then for some reason becomes the theme of the film yeah uh it, you know we're kind of on this like somewhat comedic ride with this this character who happened upon all these uh, millions of dollars and i guess it's you know it's playing off like the depression era uh in the united states and like there's a lot of hungry people like hoovervilles that type of that type of stuff and this guy comes in he's like i'm a farmer i'm broke my family, there's no food. I got nothing. And rich guys like you, which he got rich like five days ago. Um, rich guys like you, um, uh, yeah, I guess you do think I'm a moocher. Um, blah, blah, blah. And Gary Cooper's like, oh, yeah, I mean, shit, you need money. So now Gary Cooper's kind of like doing that thing where he's moping at the, the table. He's touching his face and he's like, you know what? Um, yeah, you know, you make a good point. I'm going to give away my, my millions. And he comes up with this kind of like intricate plan to give a bunch of farmers um farmland um um like cattle and stuff like that and he's like he he basically creates like a soup line but it's with a job and it gets it gets bogged down like we spend a lot of time uh in this line talking about <laughs> the logistics of it how many people he's signed off on how many more people he needs yeah. to um People get introduced at the time. Like some guy just walks up, like thieves. We really, the guys, me and the guys, like, I just gotta tell you, you're a real swell guy. And then there's another guy who's like German and gives him a sandwich. And, and, <laughs> and, and like, I know it sounds like I'm spouting nonsense, but we are at the nonsense part of this film. And there's thousands of men in his uh, mansion asking for a handout because the government has failed them. Kind of <laughs> something uh, recently in this country, and and it's like I get it right. Like here's this rich guy; he's got twenty million dollars. But like, um, I start to kind of pull back from the movie in this case because it's start? like, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Um, but it's like this isn't your problem, these Like I appreciate that he's trying to do this, mm -hmm. but like, it's too complicated and and weird and like I. I almost actually do kind of come back along with uh, with the lawyers in this scenario, which is like, what are you like? What, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, there's no way for you to effectively do this. In I'm gonna stop talking about it because it bogs down the movie so much. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent unnecessary, um, and it's really just filler scenes. And when you talk about that, like lecturing and preachy shit, it gets all preachy here, taking us into a pretty like again 
comedic, not that serious trial. Like no serious person <laughs> would look at the trial and be like, oh, this is what would happen. In a like it doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't make sense. And ultimately it doesn't really matter too. No. Because he does, he's getting all these farmers money. So they're all the farmers are on his side when he's at this trial, but like their support for him doesn't help him no. necessarily win. No, not even a little bit. So there's no consequence of like we needed to show him giving out this money to these farmers. You just need to like let people know maybe, okay, I'm gonna give the money away. You could have done that in like one second. I know. I know. We spent so much time with all these farmers. Like yes. you said, the sandwich, I forgot about the sandwich. The sandwich. Because <laughs> he's got one, he's got yeah, one. Yeah. He eats the meal with the uh, the guy who tries to shoot him. Yeah. It, it's I think that uh you know, kind of sign of times is a commentary about what was going on economically right. in the country. So this sort of allegory about this, this regular smuts or whatever the hell they would say at that time, um, who uh, inherits all his money. And he's such a good guy that he wants to give it away. You know, we always kind of talk about eat the rich in this country now, like as if one, let's get in this case, he's effectively a billionaire, right? One billionaire giving up his riches is going to change all society. It's like, no, it'll make things better for a somewhat small population. In this case, farmers. Again, not downplaying farmers and what they do, but it's like, you're not solving the problem by handing these people farmland. Like, people had farmland and it failed, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, I get it. It's like utopian vision where, like, if, if nice people, you know, these rich guys have so much um, and we have so little. It's like, yeah, that's true. Like, going to the opera... While people starve is is a problem, but like, it's just like it's trying to do too much with this yeah. one character. And it's like no, no, this doesn't solve it, and it's it just it's like putting a a break on the movie. It just yeah. slows everything down. It really is just shoehorned in and introduced Completely. like out of nowhere. The the way they should have done it is maybe like when he gets to New York, maybe he sees some of these people mm -hmm. living in poverty, yes. and then from time to time, maybe even like learns like who some of them are and then maybe one of them just like dies because they just had no money and then yeah. maybe there's like a turn like oh wait i should have been doing this the whole time so there's there's a way they could have done it if they introduced it earlier where it would have mattered but right. since it is like just like here you go now he's gonna give money to farmers and you're just like what yeah see but like the remake does the same thing right like mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time right. So, like, you got the one scene where he's like, oh, a couple over there, they don't need it. But, like, give them $20,000. And you see him, like, dancing <laughs> on the table. Like, that shit's funny, right? And then at the end, uh, well, we'll talk. But, like, where he gives his money right. is funny. Yeah. Um, so, like, it serves a purpose. In this scene, like, it, it clearly the director, the writer, stuff like that, has a beef with the way the government handled right. um, the Great Depression. <laughs> Rightfully so, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know, having Longfellow Deeds be, like, the savior of the common man um, doesn't fit because, ultimately, he doesn't even do that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, it's a big-ass aside because someone had a gear to grind about um, uh, poverty in the country, and it didn't fit well in the movie. Well, moving moving forward to uh, moving forward to the trial. The trial. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deeds uh, gets committed, mm -hmm. or he gets a. No, does he get arrested? Yeah, I think he gets arrested. He gets. Um, yeah, he gets arrested for basically for being committed. Like he's accused of being kind of like legally insane. So he's arrested for that. And he's just going to be put on trial. 
Yes. Okay, so he's going to be put on trial. doesn't matter how he gets there. Nope. He's in jail. He has to go on trial uh, pretty much to plead his sanity mm -hmm. because the whole thing is Cedars teamed up with that no-name relative, and now we're going to prove that he's insane, so we get his money, and he goes away forever. Yeah. Problem solved. And then the whole thing with Deeds is, well, he's been sad since he found out about Dawson. Super sad. So he doesn't even want representation. He's not preparing for this trial. He's just moping in his cell, not doing anything. Yeah. So it's like the guy that was his lawyer is now prosecuting him, basically. Mm -hmm. And, again, this is a real grindy, we got to get through this part of the film. Um, because you now have to sit here and watch Gary Cooper not defend himself <laughs> for a long time. Like, like the chips just keep getting stacked and stacked and stacked. And the whole time Gary Cooper's just like, I guess I'm going to get committed. And the whole thing is they're describing events that already happened in the movie or that yeah. were already talked so about. We're recapping so we're, the movie. We're recapping the whole movie while watching Gary Cooper just being mopey. It is definitely oh, the it, slowest it part. <laughs> it was brutal. I'm okay. thinking about it. Oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah. And like I said, at this point, I'm still personally kind of like on board Gary Cooper. <laughs> I can forgive the sandwich scene. You know what I mean? But like, I kind of like Gary Cooper at this point, right? Like, cause Cobby and everything like that. Like, you know, he's a decent guy as portrayed. So like, I'm sitting here watching the guy kind of like. Just getting pulled through the ringer with no pushback. I'm assuming because of the movie, at some point, the turn's going to come. Right. But boy, does that take a long it time. It takes dude. a long time. We get to spend time with those old ladies that yeah. you referred yes. to from Mandrake Falls the, who just... The, there are two women who are kind of like, they're kind of like dodering old ladies. We don't really know that till the end of the trial. But like, they're character witnesses. And they say like, what do you know about Longfellow? He's like, he's a strange boy. He does all this stuff. And he's pixelated. Pixelated. <laughs> pixelated. He's pixelated. And then, if you're not sure, because what pixelated, because when you think pixelated, you think, oh, you can see the pixels on something because yeah. you don't have, your your thing is buffering. No, they go to define what pixelated yes. means in fine it, detail. The term was old at the time. <laughs> it's 1936. I'm like, what the hell is pixelated? Well, back in the 1890s, people would say pixel. uh, the pixies. The pixies got him. Um, and you know, like we just say this word now. It's like, oh wow, we just I, sat through like this long definition of this word. Dude, oh, it's man. crazy because you got these two. So you, first, you get Babe Bennett, right? Who's like realized she, she, I fucked up, right? That's Babe Bennett's character. She starts to say something, and the judge is like, "Women talking at the trial? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, this woman's clearly, uh, I don't know. She, this woman's clearly emotional. Get her, get her out of here. Maybe if you can come back and behave like a man would, uh, you, we'll let you talk." So she gets sidelined, and the this trial becomes the pixelated women, and it's just shots of Gary Cooper like this, shots of Cedar being like, "Oh yeah, got another one." Shots to the judge being like, wrong. And, and it's just like one person after another who was already in the film, the, the waiter at the restaurant when he punched the guys. He was like, yeah. Then he, he punched the guys. Like, yeah, I know. We saw that. Uh, the horse thing, they keep talking about the horse donuts. Apparently, it's a big deal. And the guy was like, yeah, he fed the horse donuts. Like, oh, that sucked. Okay, now we got to listen to this guy. Um, he was playing the tuba. I got to hear about the tuba again. Um, and it's just a series of people 
saying he's nuts and then the, the lawyer being like yeah, i'm winning the trial <laughs> um the funny thing i gotta say though they bring up a lot of good points like okay so he's running naked through the streets mm -hmm, yep they're they're being very violent with other people correctly assaulting people you know feeding donuts these, these food you don't know what's gonna do to the body of the horse i mean he is like a menace to society yeah. i'm like yeah maybe he should be locked away they're bringing up some really good points yeah yeah i mean uh, it's a very convincing uh, prosecution. <laughs> like, uh, even again, I, the person who's like on Team Cooper, is like, yeah, I don't know, that's pretty, that's a pretty <laughs> rough look. And like you're sitting there, it's like, because again, like I said, the chips keep stacking. Like, yeah, dude, like, hey, Coop, you're like, you're not winning. And, uh, I don't know how it's gonna end for you. Yeah. They they even go into like this like psycho like oh length detail God, about dude, what manic dude, depressive is. Dude. They have a chart and everything. See, usually you're here. It's and worse then than you psycho. Go down here, and then he might be here, but then he goes up here. It's like it was insane how it, long it, it's they took like, to describe that. As long as it takes him to talk about like dual personalities in the end of psycho, it's worse. Um, he he gets up, he starts talking, and he's like, "Can I bring up a chart?" And they're like, "Yeah, you can bring up a chart." And he's like, <laughs> Oh, we're not done here. There's more. And when he's down here, he's real angry and he's violent. He's like, yeah, I've seen that. That, that tracks. And he's like, here he's super euphoric. He's like, the fire truck. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, this is all, this all makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah he's just mad and depressed. Lock this fucker up. <laughs> and, like, all of this keeps happening. All of these people keep going up and they're like, Deed sucks. And, um, and Corny Cobb is over there. He's like, come on. And Beck, Babe Ben is like, come on. And, um, you know, the judge is literally about to, like, render a verdict. He's, yeah. like, in the middle of the verdict. He's like, you're crazy. We're sending you to, um, you know, the nut house. And um, Babe Ben is like, oh, well, you said I could talk. I want to get my mom to talk. Come on. I got to talk about uh, Longfellow. So she goes up. And she's like, she's basically like, yes, it's my fault. I ruined the movie. I made everything bad. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I am the worst person. I'm lower than dirt. And everyone's like, yep, we can all agree that you are the worst person. Um, and then she's like, but I love you, Deeds. And then Cooper, he gets a little spark in his eyes. He's like, oh, okay. She loves me. So then he's like, Your Honor, I will now <laughs> defend myself. And let me tell you something. It's not that convincing. It's not that convincing. But he's got the whole courtroom laughing yeah. their asses off. So they're yeah. all on Deed's side for like saying the stupidest things. Like, yeah. oh, you know what? That guy, he's a doodle. Let's check out his doodle. Yeah. Look at that. I don't know what that the, is. Is that the, Picasso or something? The judge, you're an O filler. Yeah, he fills in all his O's. The judge here is is an O filler. A what? An O filler. You fill in all the spaces in the O's with your pencil. I was watching him. <laughs> They're cracking up at this. Yeah. Oh my God! He fills up his O's. Ah! <laughs> it, it, it's like, yeah, he he basically puts everyone else on trial. He's like, that guy's a nose twitcher. She's a ear puller, and it's like all this stuff. It's like, so you know, when I play the tuba, which I still don't think is that odd. Um, <laughs> it's just how I like to think. It's like, is that really why people do those things to think, or are they just like, you know, like not thinking? They're just kind of like, they just, I don't play the tuba, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he does that, and like the most convincing argument really is uh, the the prosecution star witness. The two women are bad witnesses because they're like, uh, who else is pixelated? Well, everyone's pixelated. The judge is pixelated, and Deeds is like, first of all, who pays for your uh, your your house? Oh, you do, Deeds. It's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, who, who takes care of all all your bills? It's like you do, Deeds. It's like, all right. Long story short, they're not good witnesses. Um, Deeds puts up this decent enough defense. People in the courtroom are like. 
yeah, he helped me out. He gave me farmland. He's he's a swell guy. And, um, you know, he rips on the, the, the doctor. He's like, the doctor sucks too, this doodler, right? <laughs> and he goes through all this song and dance. And he's like, so, you know, you know, I may seem strange to you, but you might seem strange to me. Case <laughs> closed. Oh, yeah, and also, that lawyer, pow! Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's just one more thing I'd like to get off my chest before I finish. Proceed. And the judge was like, order in the court, and, like, it comes back. Like, they don't even follow up on that scene, right? He punches the lawyer, fade the black, yeah. come back, and the judge is like, well, you're the most sane man I've ever seen. Yeah. Can, can we address that the witness just assaulted the prosecutor? I mean, what, what are we doing here? You know, it's like, I think that we at least have a mistrial. <laughs> Do all this groundwork for the movie to just kind of end it there. It kind of like fades to black again and like, he's running around, he's all, it looks all disheveled. I guess people like, like he's such a good guy. People will like, want to rip his clothing. Like he's a beetle or something? I don't know. I, I don't know. He The courtroom, he comes back in the courtroom to, the gate to the court or whatever is locked. It's him and Babe Bennett. They like kiss and then everyone's like outside, like uh, World War Z, like deeds. <laughs> and um, and that's the end of the movie. Um, Longfellow Deeds uh, defends himself. Uh, him and Babe Bennett kind of resolve their thing. And uh, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. And they play that with the tuba. Um, the tuba plays again. And uh, and no one can deny, right, after two hours. <laughs> you can't deny it, I can't deny it. Longfellow Deeds is, in fact, he's a good fellow. He's a long fellow, he's also a good fellow. Uh, that was how that movie ended. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an ending, all right. <laughs> you know, I didn't remember that I'd seen the movie before until I got to the trial. When the women said Pixelate, I was like, oh, <laughs> I saw all this once. <laughs> all of this I've seen before, and I forgot until this trial, and like, you know, we've seen movies with trial MacGuffins. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Miracle on 34th Street is clearly in that category of like, mm, yeah, wh why are we here? <laughs> okay, I can see this being the defense. Um, whatever. Long story short, it happened. Not a great trial MacGuffin, like really shoehorned in. That whole back half of this movie feels really shoehorned. Mm -hmm. um, it It's... I don't know. Like, if you're going to talk about the Great Depression, maybe you lead with that. Because, like, if the movie's about that, right. maybe we talk about that. Yeah, that's what I said. Bring up, when he goes to New York, he should see the people living in poverty. Be yeah. like, well, what happened here? Well, yeah. it was a uh, you know? Yeah. Like, you got all these rich people living high on the hog, and you got all these poor people not. And yeah. they bring the poor people in, like, well, after he's lived this, like, rich and lavish yeah. life. It's really strange. <laughs> that's the ending of the original. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's pivot and yeah. talk about the ending of that remake. Nice. All right, so I'll start again at the same part where Babe is revealed. He's going to propose to her. Uh, I think it's at Madison Square Garden. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's going to propose, but then the show that she works for reveals that she really is not Pam Dawson. She was really Babe Bennett. Babe Bennett. And, uh, you know, Adam Sandler's crushed. She's She arrives, but she, it's too late. She wanted mm -hmm. to defend herself. He's like, no, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. So then he decides he's going to go back home to Mandrake Falls. Before then, though, he's going to donate money to to any the, charity of your choice. And the he goes, United Negro College Foundation? I thought it was just the United Negro Fund or something. Something like that, yeah, know. yeah. Which, like, yeah, I guess it's funny. <laughs> like, the reaction shot is really funny. Yeah, because, like, he was just, like, 
Well, he throws out like he's like just donate to some charity, and then um, what's his face? Um, Eric Avari Cecil. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just like he's like the United Negro Fund. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, sure, that sounds good. Yeah, it's and so he, funny. And then you see the guy open up a check for forty billion dollars, just like, <laughs> what the fuck? He does that like comedic, like he falls in his chair, like yeah. just backwards. I will say this: it's a fun beat. I, it does confuse me because like I guess they weren't his shares to sell. Like, what, what happens that? Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, you just let that shit go. Like, it's the type of movie where it's like, why are you thinking about this? Just like, <laughs> yeah, it was funny when the guy fell. Like, move on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, because it's like, he sells the shares, so he goes back to Mandrake Falls. While he's there, he learns that Cedar is going to still liquidate the company. I think that was part of his leaving. It's like, just don't sell the company. Mm-hmm. Just make sure these people still have jobs. But he is going to sell it, so he's like, fuck. And while he's in Mandrake Falls, um, Bennett goes to visit him, trying to get some you know, closure, just like try to apologize to Deeds. This is when she falls through the ice and he yep. has to save her with his frostbitten foot. Yes. You know, the only thing that could save her because the, the foot won't also feel the pain from the ice. You mm-hmm. gotta think about that too. But it's also the only way he can uh, pull her up. So he pulls her up. He still thinks like, I, I don't know who you are. I still think you're fake. So that was an interesting choice not yeah. to have them kind of reconcile things I there. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah. Drag it out a little bit longer. So then he does go to this meeting, I guess, um, where Cedar's there with all the shareholders. He's about to officially liquidate the company. Um, But there's this uh, law or something that says anybody who owns any stock or any share gets to at least say something before um, everything is sold. And here comes Deeds. He's back. He's like, what are you doing here, Deeds? You you sold all your shares. That's pretty good. And uh, he's like... uh, no, I, I bought one, one share. share, so I'm allowed to talk because you said that thing before, and now I'm here. So he goes up, he gives this rousing speech, kind of like uh, like the original film, just this, this speech that's supposed to turn everything around, and it does. Everybody in the room is like, you know what? Yeah. He's right. I, I don't want all this money. I don't need all this money. Let's not sell. It's, it's a really, you know, for a kind of cheesy scene, it's a really good speech uh, in the sense that, like, it plays in that, like, what do you want to be when you grow up and right. I was like I want to be an astronaut I want to and I forgot the one guy yeah he was like but he sold porn now like that that guy was weird uh, <laughs> but like it actually was like for for the film it actually was kind of a rousing good speech and it let us know who this deed was like yes I'm childlike but it's because I didn't give up on my dreams I'm doing the things I want and like it put his character in a context in a clean way before the turn. <laughs> before the turn, yeah. So everybody's on Deed's side, and then, you know, Cedar's like, well, it doesn't matter, Deed's. I have 54% of the shares plus the international <laughs> stock, so uh, I'm going to vote, uh, yeah, we're going through with this. So he's yeah. about to hit that gavel and make everything official. Then, wait, Babe Bennett crashes the party. Mm-hmm. She has this diary, this diary that Deed's discovered earlier. Yeah, he's early. been kind of reading the whole movie, you know, because they established something earlier, and now we're <laughs> yes. bringing it back. Yes. Um, and then she's reading a passage about uh, a certain night, a certain very erotic night between, um, I keep forgetting uh, Sheldon Blake. between Sheldon Blake and a certain maid, and he's just talking about how, should I make my move now? I just need a sign. And yeah. then she just gives him a look, and then, all right, I guess we're banging. Dude, so the so two of them bang. She dies nine months later. Um, giving birth to a baby, and then you have John Turturro's... Oh, Emilio. Emilio, yeah. You have John Turturro's Emilio just going, oh, that is my mother's name. <laughs> uh, and then he was, he was born in the state. Oh, that is my birthday. That is my birthday. That is my birthday. To Miss Consuela Lopez. That is my mother. And the rightful heir to $40 billion. That is my money? Oh man, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. 
<laughs> and then, yeah, so it's revealed that the true heir is not Deeds, but it's Emilio. Mm-hmm. Which just brings up questions, well, if you knew that was your son, or maybe he didn't know he had this son. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where it's like, well, why'd you hire him? flimsy, but like... Yeah, I, don't think about it too much, I guess. It's a, it's a means to the end. It's yeah. a means to the end, for sure. So what this means is Deeds never had any shares to sell to Cedar, so um, all the money is Emilio's, and immediately he just fires Cedar right there. And uh, since Deeds is so cool, you know what? He gets a cool billion, right? Yeah. Right? Just for being a good guy. Yep. It's like, hey... He's like, no, I'm good. It's like, how about big? Great. I like it. It's funny, you know? Yeah. So then, like, um, we go back to Mandrake Falls. We see Dee's there. He's there with uh, Bennett. They're together mm-hmm. now. He's back at that pizza place. And the only difference is now everybody has, like, a rich, or this yeah. expensive Ferrari. Yeah, including uh, Steve Buscemi's uh, crazy ass. Right. Who, and who can't drive. I wonder why we didn't talk about crazy ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's kind of a... Uh, yeah. Typical Steve Buscemi in an Adam Sandler cameo, just this weird one-off character that's yep. just weird. And then, you know, Steve Buscemi already has some crazy eyes. Yeah. Make him yeah. go across that. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess we're going here. Yeah, it's was, it was funny. Like, uh, completely unnecessary character has some funny lines from time to time, but, like, definitely, uh, if you're talking about, like, the movie kind of being, like, dated in any sense, like, that feels like part of it. It was like, yeah. what? Yeah. This is for Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not everything translates well. The Jets joke still works. The Jets joke <laughs> was <take> still very strong. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, so, ultimately, yeah, we got our happy ending in the remake. Yeah. Again, if you think about it too much, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it does get a little bit muddy. But because they set up that tone pretty early that you're not supposed to take this seriously, you don't yeah. really ask yourself questions unless you really are analyzing it, which you probably won't be analyzing. Don't. Don't. Because, like, like I said, with Emilio's character, it's like, I guess if I had to ascribe a meaning, it's like, oh, well, he can't, like, let people know he was sleeping with the maid, and maybe that's why he kept him around. Maybe. Because he did say, like, he was always very kind to him. So did he know? Did he not know? We're never really told that. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe less is more. Maybe if we did know, we wouldn't like it. Yeah. And then, like, does the the check to the United Negro Fund, does that bounce? Like, you know, know, I'm I'm concerned about that, but whatever. (laughs) Well, yeah, like, um, there are moments that are meant to just play to comedic effect that you don't think about, and I think that this end of the movie is along those same lines. Like, if we're being super serious about, like, the shareholders meeting and, like, who owns shares and all that stuff, like, is this likely the outcome? Absolutely not. But, like, this works for the film. Good ending um, for what they did with the the film. Like, pretty good ending with this framework. Yeah, because, like, Adam Sandler gets the girl, which is ultimately what he wanted, plus he gets a little bit of that cash, yeah. too. Yeah, he doesn't need all of it. He just gets enough, and he spreads the wealth. You yep. Know? And we don't have to go to trial. I mean, like, yeah. they if they had made some sort of trial element, yeah. it wouldn't have been... I don't think it would have worked. It just would have been shoehorned in, um, like, mm-hmm. the trial. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm glad that we got that same effect in a shareholders meeting. Yeah, I mean, good cut. Yeah, yeah. Good cut. The remake is 20 minutes shorter. Yes. It's good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good length. Uh, I have no complaints about making the movie shorter. Yeah, no, no. And it's like, uh, like we mentioned, like, cares like crazy eyes and stuff like that. You could probably even shave off another 10 minutes and be fine. Yeah. But, like, with what we got, it was a perfectly fine yeah. runtime. Everything that was in there was certainly okay to be in the movie. Yeah, you got also Rob Schneider's uh, character from Big Daddy, the mm-hmm. hip-hop anonymous yeah. Uh, guy, he just that makes that, a couple cameos there, so you know, it's fine. Yeah, 
I guess talk a little bit about the music. I was gonna say we usually talk music. Um, I do like the Tom Petty song. Um, you don't know how it feels. It, it feels like Adam Sandler's little theme. Just hearing that harmonica going. That's yeah. fun. And I, I did I enjoyed the space oddity part. That I, part I, I know it's cheesy, it, but it was fun though. That I, was, I did enjoy it. That was fun. So like um little little much of the pilots turning around and stuff but like it, yeah, yeah. it was fun. It was fun. Um yeah, I mean the original there's not I mean the music is like Swanee Lake, he's a jolly good fellow. Um you know, real like tuba. Yeah. Anything like a band might play with a tuba, uh, they have in the film from time to time. But like the remake has more modern songs, like you said. Tom Petty works well. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the '30s, right? So, like, can you even name any like pop songs <laughs> like that from then that like know. weren't like he's a jolly good fellow? You'd probably be listening to some kind of like jazz type thing, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't even know music from the '30s. So. Not me either. So. Yeah, very but, limited. But I think that how they chose their song selection to remake was solid, actually. Like, you know, you can get the rights to any song by like, using them effectively. Like that, like you mentioned with the Tom Petty, seeing Mandrake Falls with that harmonica, mm -hmm. seeing that kind of like small town life, as it were, like it fit very, very mm -hmm. well. So, yeah, solid music choices. All right, I think we're at that point. We don't want to make this longer than the, than the, the original movie. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Reggie, should the remake Mr. Deeds exist? So you know what's funny? Like, um, this may be controversial. When I was watching the original, um, again, I, I was sitting there, and I was actually kind of mad at the remake, which at this point I hadn't watched, right? Because I was like, ah, oh, man, they just did all the same stuff, right? Um, sure... The original does a lot of the same stuff longer. Um, but then, like, once you get to, like, the end of the original, I'm like, man, that really doesn't doesn't work, right? Like, uh, it's, it's kind of shoehorned in. It doesn't feel very strong. Um, I fluctuate because I, I like Gary Cooper's performance at times, and I hate it at other times. So I, I'm talking a lot about the original because where it fails um, as a film is that thematically it doesn't stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Um for the time, though, I mean, like, we're grading on a curve because it's 1930. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, the remake, I'm not really always a big, like I mentioned, Adam Sandler slapstick guy. Like, the crazy eyes things, I could I could, le I could leave it, you know. Um, um, there's other elements, even, like, the foot thing. It's like, you know, eh. it, it still holds up and it's kind of funny, but, like, you know, it's like, all right. Like, I, I did like a lot of some of the seriousness of the original film, and I think that that was completely lost in the remake. But that was a choice, right. and it was it was ultimately the right choice because you're not going to see an Adam Sandler movie, at least at the time, to see him play a serious, you know, character. He he took the Longfellow Deeds character, leaned into the comedy, made that comedy work even more than it did in the original film. Um, all of the character actors that show up um, are really good. Uh, uh, the very character is really good. Um, we know the writer's pretty pretty damn good in this movie. Uh, Grandma's boy guy is funny <laughs> when he's in the film. So like all these choices made these characters shine, made this flimsy plot work. Um, so yeah, the remake should certainly exist because they made a purely comedic take on Mr. Deeds. If you don't want to see a purely comedic take on Mr. Deeds, go watch the original. Um, it for the most part still like it's a it's a watchable movie it's a little long 
Um, the trial is, you know, odd, but um, but overall, like I think Cooper is still fairly good in the movie and it's worth watching. But like the remake is probably more along the lines of what a general audience should watch if they want to deal with Mr. Deeds as a character. Um, they just they nailed the tone. They modernized it in a clean way, and it's it's a funny movie. Even when there are moments where like I wouldn't traditionally think are funny, I'm like yeah, that's funny. Can't hate, and uh, yeah, yeah remake should certainly exist. And uh, it's actually in a weird way some of Adam Sandler's uh, best work. Weirdly enough, like I, I'm serious about that because uh, he he really does nail a tone um, throughout the film. Yeah, when I was watching the remake, I did encounter that problem that you had too. That mm -hmm. like, wow, this is pretty much one to one what we're doing here. It did sort of change course. It didn't stay on that path ultimately. And it, like I said before, the original is more of a serious movie with some comedic elements thrown in, while the remake is just a straight-up comedy. Mm. So it was able to find its own footing in that sense. And, you know, Adam Sandler movies, I'm in the same boat, like, take him or leave him, sometimes more the latter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think the performances are just really enjoyable in this one. And John Turturro, like just revisiting that character, Emilio, he's just, he's such a fun character. It's just as fun as the first time I saw him in theaters. Yeah. And it, it's a character that aged really well. And it, it's such a fun character to just still quote to this day. So it, it, it really put it over the top for me. Like I was really on the fence because I did not like the original movie at all. Sure. And I'm like, no, we don't need a remake of this because the first one was horrible. <laughs> and, but you know, I really did enjoy the performances and it, they updated it. Like you said, they modernized it and it's, it's it is funny. Yeah. I, I was laughing, especially at John Turturro. So, um, yeah, I, it, it just made it, but yeah, I do think I this remake should exist. Yeah. I would say, yeah, it's on, it's on that. It's, it's on the fence, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it clears it with um, the strong characters. It's not the story that clears it. Yeah. It's the ensemble that they put together. Um, uh, I think if you have someone that's not Winona Ryder, I think the film struggles. If you have someone that's not John Turturro, I think the film struggles. I don't hate the original as much as you do, but I certainly know where you're coming from. Um, I have a soft spot for probably just Cooper's portrayal to an extent. So I think that's what does it for me. Um, but yeah, no, the remake is just, it's better. Um, yeah. If I, had to, if I had to suggest which one should I watch, only the remake. Yeah. You don't need to watch the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original you watch for like film study, you know, yeah. if you want to. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I think you nailed it. It's like, uh, but like you said, it is it is right, right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's close. You know. Uh, I think runtime helps because I think if you add like an extra 10 minutes to this movie, we're probably not saying the same thing. Yeah, I, I was definitely elated when I saw the shorter runtime yeah. by 20 minutes. I was like, yes, yeah. I can get on board with that. And I think what really helps the movie too, we didn't get a huge chance to talk about it, but like Winchester, Tenville, like that that sequence is actually really, yeah, that is some of the funniest stuff in the movie. Yeah, she just commits to her lie when on a writer. She's really funny in that whole yeah. uh, sequence. It's Small hunk. No, the <laughs> damn beach ball. <laughs> right, I'm sensitive about it. I don't want to talk about it. Sure. Oh, man. And Your arm? Oh, you got to go to Dr. Pepper. We should go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the literary references were uh, Yeah. Were okay, bye, uh, Miss, Miss Finch and Atticus. <laughs> so good, so good. So, yeah, that was that. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Deeds. Um, what... <laughs> 
Uh, what'd you guys think? Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Did you like one movie more than the other? Are we totally insane? Am I insane for not liking the original? Because yeah. I did not like that movie at all. Let us know in the comments. Great. Reggie, what movies are we watching next time? I was looking through like a list of remake films and we just went kind of very comedic here, so maybe we should go a little bit darker. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about Old Boy. Definitely darker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got the uh, original one, which is, uh, is it Korean? I think that's a Korean film. Um, yep, it is a Korean film. And then we got the remake, which has Thanos yes. and uh, Scarlet Witch. <laughs> wow. Interesting pairing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. I um, I just think that's something. I don't know what genre is that? Is that a, is that a oh, it's like thriller. A, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a thriller. drama, maybe. Yeah, not a thriller. Thriller, yeah. I'm sure we've got ideas and feelings about the films, but uh, I guess you'll hear about that next time. That's right. Well, thanks for watching with us. Um, if you're on YouTube, you know, if, feel free to let us know what you thought. Let us know any suggestions for future episodes. If you're on iTunes, any five star ratings or good reviews would definitely help the, the channel grow yeah yeah as always really appreciate uh you guys following the stuff you know we're on uh itunes spotify youtube um been getting really good feedback uh reading some of the comments on youtube have been fun and like responding to people and yeah i'm just glad people are enjoying it uh, getting a lot of like i mentioned good feedback so we're gonna keep them coming i'm dan buick i'm reggie parker and this has been another episode of retro, retro versus, versus remake, remake.